He said, I'm going to go home and sleep for an hour and a half. I'll be back at seven. Let's take it for the maiden voyage, you know, which is always a scary one. Mm-hmm. What did you forget to tighten? Yeah. We, we came back over, got back up, came back over by seven, seven fifteen. We backed the car out of the driveway and ran out of gas in the street. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to push it back in the driveway. Welcome back to FTP Speed Shop Podcast, a podcast where we talk about what you talk about in the garage, because hey, we're in the garage. I'm your host, Mike Early, and tonight with me, I've got Jeff Barons. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Mike? Good, good. It's uh, it's nice in here, nice and cool. It's yes, about it 104 is. degrees outside right mm-hmm. now, and just miserable outside, so got the AC on in here, and we're just chilling. Absolutely. So, it's a balmy 75 in here. Yeah. It's, I did happen to open the door to pull the car out, so I let a little mm-hmm. heat in. Yeah. Sometimes you got to open the doors once in a while to get things moving. So uh, what are you working on in the garage right now? Or what do you got going on? Well, so the latest project was a, um, a 62 Studebaker GT Hawk. I bought that from my grandfather's estate when he passed away a couple years back. And the overdrive was, was trashed on it. And it's, a, it's an old school Ford three-speed, three-on-the-tree transmission with a Borg Warner R10 overdrive behind it. I had a huge learning curve here. Never touched one of those things. Yeah. I uh, I went to pull the overdrive off of it when I was on the lift, and lots of stuff fell on the floor. Pretty excited about that when I saw some sprag rollers and some springs and some rods. And it wasn't supposed to come apart. It just came apart? Yeah. Yep. Okay, yep. so it's it not like one of those things where you open it up and all the stuff springs off. It just was broken? It was or- a mix of broken and, as I come to find out, two mm. weeks later, putting it back together of, good stuff too yeah but there's, put, there's, putting that stuff together after it shoots apart and explodes that's mm-hmm. it's like mm, this looks like it goes there and i've never been inside of anything automatic transmission wise i just know there's like springs and bbs and mm-hmm. god knows what else in there and it's it's all ran by voodoo magic and i don't understand it so i stay away from it i have taken apart one automatic transmission in my life mike and you know where i ended up at in a tote at the curb and the trash guys came around again. That was my one. It was a 700 R4 back in 2003. Took it all apart, looked at it, scooped it in a tote and said, that's never going back together. Yeah, that's that's not for me. Well, when we, we got a good training guy, so we just go ahead and uh, send it down to Corey and have him take care of it. And we Absolutely. just kind of stay stay away mm-hmm. from it. Yeah, there's no point. For, for the amount of money he charges to do it mm-hmm. and you take it out, doesn't work, drop it off a couple weeks later, pick it up well if if it's your time slot yes he's booked out like eight months because he's good but uh you know pick it up put it in it works yeah yeah he's he's like the transmission whisperer he he likes to explain to you what was wrong with the transmission and a lot it sounds like like vietnamese or something you're like eyes eyes just glaze over and you're like like, "Uh uh-huh yeah oh yeah i've heard of that before Mm -hmm. yeah i know so it works now okay cool so it's 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 working yeah exactly perfect all right so well so to finish up that is a it's a horribly long story. I'll make it super short for the podcast here, okay? So I got the, the overdrive out and I realized I had cracked the seal on the intermediate plate between the transmission and the overdrive. And I was like, Well, that's not good. I'm gonna have to pull that off and reseal it up before I put it all back together. I didn't want mm-hmm. to reach, you know. So I pulled the whole transmission down, put it on the bench. And when I pulled the intermediate plate off the transmission, lots more stuff came falling. It was a it's a three speed manual. T86 transmission shift forks inside of it because it's a side mm-hmm. not a side loader but the shift forks are on the side of it so yeah lots of stuff just fell into the case 
And I was like, shit, that's not good. I've never touched a manual transmission either in my life. So a week later, looking at diagrams, watching a few YouTube videos, I actually got all that crap. So hold on now. I Maybe I wasn't paying good enough attention. That's a manual. That's a manual three-speed. Manual three-speed transmission, but it has an automatic overdrive? Yes. Oh. It has an add-on overdrive to Unit the back the of back. the transmission. Yeah. It's speed controlled, 27 mile an hour, it kicks in. It's it's pretty unique because you go through first gear, it's governed at 27 miles an hour. So mm-hmm. first gear won't go into overdrive. You hit second gear, you wind it up to 30, let off the gas, and it shifts per se. So you got to kind of into overdrive, yeah. Blurp it a little bit. And, you just let off the or gas. Or let off. And, and, yep. And then you go into third gear, and the thing runs like 2,000 RPM at 70 miles an hour when the overdrives are working correctly. So it's a neat setup good, once it's good all working. Cruiser. Yeah, okay, so now I do want to go ride in it because it's a manual with an automatic overdrive. I'm going to show That's, you that. It's going to blow your mind when it shifts yeah. in second gear is a, is a manual transmission. It's when I, I got everything fall back together last Sunday, and I was like, yes, it's all sealed up. It's all back together. The shift forks appear to be working. Put it back in, took it for a drive. Overdrive didn't work. Of course it didn't, right? That, that's just too easy. Hmm. But the transmission shifted and everything. Okay. So that was the score. I've had a, a manual completely apart. I put in new synchros and resealed it up, put it all back together. Um, so then I was like, well, it's got to be something electrical because the overdrive was coasting when you let out the gas, which means mechanically wise, it's all good. Something electrical is wrong. They've got about five components of those things all mm-hmm. together between a, a full throttle switch, a governor, a solenoid, all this crap, you know. So I tested all that and found out there was two wires reversed mm. on the solenoid. Put them on, took it out. Beautiful. So. The the two wires switched just instantly popped in my head when we were trying to get the Chevelle started after we LS swapped it when I had a broken arm. And you, you'd you been there on your laptop, do-do-do-do, and we could not get the thing to run. It was just backfiring. It was, uh, yeah, the coil packs, the passenger side mm-hmm. was in the driver's side, and the driver's side was in the passenger side because it's all underneath the dash. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, it was uh, the P was in the D. Yes. And then literally <laughs> switched them. <laughs> Leaned over, bumped the key, and bah, 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 boom! Bah, 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 fired. I was like, Jeff, I know you just left, and it's one thirty at night, but uh, you want to come back because it's running now. I'll see I, you in I the morning. That. <laughs> I do remember that. We got to run him. Yep. That was the worst tuning job I ever did in my life because I had to dumb everything out of it to get it to run for a cruise the next morning. Uh, it's everything's still dumbed out of it. Yeah, it's still running. I haven't done anything to it. I, I, I take that back. I did completely get the NA table. Oh. No boost table because mm-hmm. the blower took a shit or whatever, and we ha- zip tied the bypass open. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I was that was when I just first started messing with the HP tuners and data logging and all that stuff. So I got mm-hmm. the NA table dialed in; it's tits on, perfect. Yep. I don't know what it is on the six liter. It's probably not quite eh, six liter five seven. Nah, I figure it's close enough. The trims would probably be close enough to make that it redialed back in. It fucking runs yep. good still. Yep, it runs. So who gives a shit? Yeah. So. You got the the Studebaker. That's that's your uh, that's going to be your driver cruiser car. Yep. Gonna Bone keep it, stock. Keep leave it all, it all stock. Yep. The thing's in beautiful shape. It's um, a unique looking car for sure. It looks kind of like a like a European type, like, like a Mercedes, like nose. a Mercedes mm-hmm. or a Rolls Royce or something like that, and then kind of almost a Ford in the back. T bird. Yeah. Were trying to kind of mimic a T bird look in the back. It's a hard top, true hard top car. So I'm gonna. Teach my wife how to drive. She knows how to drive stick shifts, but a three on the tree. 
She was watching me drive the other day, and she's like, what are you doing? I was like, this is a three on the tree, so, and you will learn how to drive it, babe, so. I, I uh, have never driven a three on the tree. Really? Yeah. Well, tonight's going to be your night. No, man. no. I'm going to break your three on the tree virginity. No, I don't. I, I didn't want to lose it like this. <laughs> not to a Studebaker? Yeah, not to a Studebaker. So, yeah, that's the... That's been my last two weeks kind of, you know, messing around. The car still has a really strange thing. If anybody watching this has any idea why, if you tighten a radiator cap on an old, crusty 60s car and it overheats almost immediately, I'd love to know why. Because I'm stumped. I can leave the cap loose, cruise around for an hour, 180 degrees. You tighten that radiator cap, that Hmm. car will peg 230 degrees so fast. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that is weird, is it? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the pressure, the system needs pressure so it doesn't boil over or whatever. It raises the boiling point. Which is kind of what you'd think it's weird. It's like opposite the, of that. Yeah. You, you tighten it, and it. I've had a few guys tell me possibly head gaskets, something strange pump, going on there. Yeah. Pumping. That's pressurizing it? I don't I, know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, it's, it's, maybe head gaskets are pressurizing it, and it's working against the pump. Would be maybe something I could think. So now it's not able to flow, but if it's got a relief valve area with the cap off. Yeah, I, I have. I don't no, know. I've been around the car scene for 30 years, and I have. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So. Yeah, I had. Uh, I have never, ever, ever had an issue with uh, air pockets mm-hmm. in a coolant system before, ever, once in my life, until I got the Chevelle running again this year. Till the LS. No, just World. The, the first time was fine. You know, the five seven oh. never had an issue with it. It was at six liter, mm-hmm. and I didn't do a good job of keeping track how much coolant I put in it because I drained all my coolant out into like oh. a, one of those giant uh, pretzels or cheese ball buckets. Yeah, because it was something I had that was clean. Well, of course, the cheese ball bucket. It's yeah. a classic. Yeah, and so I didn't know exactly how much was in there. I was like, ah, it's got to be a couple gallons, right? <laughs> And so I dumped all that back in and I was like, I know I'm going to be a little shy because there was probably another gallon that got spilt or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, you can never drain a radiator, pull a radiator hose off without losing at least a gallon of coolant. Usually all of your arms and Mm -hmm. your shirt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I was like, it's got enough coolant in it that it should keep cool enough that I can start Mm -hmm. it and let it run and then check it and top it off if I need to. I drove it to O'Reilly's because for whatever reason, I lost my radiator cap. I have no idea where it's at. Well, in the process of redoing all the garage and doing all this stuff was when we were, when I was finishing that up or Mm -hmm. when that was all tore apart. So I had all the parts laying here on the bench and then my guys moved everything around and it's, it's in a box somewhere. There's a lot of stuff I'm missing, but I'll find it. It's probably in like the back corner up there. It's or probably something. sitting next to your ten millimeter socket. I'm guessing. <laughs> They're both staring at you right now, it's laughing at you. Buried in the frame somewhere yeah, or yeah. whatever. But uh yeah, it overheated before we made it out of the neighborhood and it was pegged and I was like, All right, well maybe it's because I don't have the radiator cap on, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep limping it to O'Reilly's, get the radiator cap. Yeah. It was it was not hot. It was, it was so hot. It was not good. Like it was, I was like, Oh, what's the melting point of aluminum? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. So oh, shit. that's, that's a good way to, you know, get your motor running for the first time, you know, Oh yeah. Just overheat the shit out one of one good, just, yep. one real good heat cycle, yep. you know, on it. And actually two, cause I had to drive, I did a thermostat in O'Reilly's parking lot thinking the thermostat was stuck for whatever reason. Yeah. Pull the lower hose off, make a mess in their parking lot. Uh, you know, they have the springs in there and that, that was poked up into the thermostat and I go, okay, maybe that was getting the thermostat and causing that Somehow, to not. Yeah. yeah. And so 
got some dikes, cut that off, put it, you know, and then put it back on, started it, still ran hotter than shit, kept climbing every Hmm. second, drained the radiator out again in the parking lot, changed the thermostat, thinking that was a problem. And, oh, no, actually, I take that back. I didn't do that twice because I was going after the thermostat when I found out that that wire was in there. So I just swapped the thermostat out anyway. But, yeah, it was a lot of coolant in the parking lot. I felt kind of bad about that. But it overheated, like, real bad getting it home Mm -hmm. and parked it. And then later on that afternoon, I ended up getting it to take another two gallons of coolant. Is that it? Just two gallons? It's just two gallons. Not cups or quartz? Yeah, no, it wasn't. Or pints? It wasn't getting down into the water pump. So you know how you fill an LS motor, you take your um, coolant crossover tube off, fill it to the that top was, hose. That was how I figured out there wasn't any coolant in there because there was nothing yeah. coming out of that. I've always filmed through the top hose, and once that crossover starts pissing out coolant, mm-hmm. put it on, you're done. The whole block's full. That's that's meant to purge air out of the system, those things are. Well, and I thought that's what the whole thing was for it. It was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of let a little vent so that you could fill the block up and it wouldn't, you know. Yeah. But. It's still kind of a subject of debate, those crossovers, because technically at the beginning, they had all four of them crossed over mm-hmm. to the front, and then they went to a blocked-off rear. Mm-hmm. GM did, actually, so obviously you're like, well, you don't need that. You know? But Yeah, save you know, 35 cents or whatever yeah. by not having that some line tubing, underneath yeah. the intake. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking so. of LS swaps, uh, you just recently sold your 69 Chevelle for some reason. I did. did i I got to give you a little shit. I, did. I thought that was going to be the one you're going to be buried in. So, what was your Chevelle, or what? What? It was a '69 Super Sport. I bought it back in 2010, and it had a a Hurt 396 in it when I bought it. Came from Arizona, very clean car. We did a, I say we back then it was me. I did a frame off restoration on it in eight months flat, working That's good. working second shift, up at a.m. 8 a.m. every morning, and worked on till two o'clock. Then went to work till 11 o'clock. Went home, went to bed wash, rinse, repeat every day for eight months and uh, cost me a, a marriage basically because I didn't spend time with my wife with my car all the time. But anyway, <laughs> so um, I originally took the 396 out, put a 427 in it, fuel injected a 427, and it was not happy. It was an old school Excel, neat looking setup. Mm-hmm. Just wouldn't run worth the shit. So I finally, I sold that to a guy over in Richmond, Virginia. The whole motor, everything, turnkey. And bought an LS2 for it and never turned back from LS swaps. And, you know, I, I put that one in, in a, ran it for three years. I ended up putting a uh, supercharger on it when my first son was born. 2013, I started that project. Kind of ironic, I never had any kids originally. Mm-hmm. I frame off a short the car in eight months flat. And then here I go, uh, took me two years to put a supercharger on the car <laughs> <laughs> after I had a baby, you know? It's like, funny how that wow. works. Well, it really slows, slows yes. everything down. It's it all perspective. You know, you get yeah. that little like hour and a half when he's napping, you're like, yes. And then you fall asleep on the couch. You're like, oh. oh, or, you know, you know, you have that hour and a half window. And so you haul ass out there with the baby monitor and then you just start doing something. And you're like, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I had so, a little NASCAR, uh, like bouncy, walker whatever mm-hmm. thing in here that i'd try to put the kids in i think i rigged up a swing one time in here with like the cherry picker yeah i to imagine try, mm-hmm. try to keep them uh entertained keep or entertained yep. yeah i put bubble guppies on the garage you name it and uh the tv in the garage would have been probably a game changer yes. back in the day i know it's been a game changer for me now because now i'll just sit down and be like ah what's on the tube and <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm just going to sit here and crack a beer. Next thing you know, four yeah. hours later, yeah. Yeah, nice and cool in yeah. here now. And we're really, I'm really spoiled compared to what I was, you know, working in a handful of years ago. Exactly. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I'd put a 406 Stroker in the car. I wanted a really, really nasty sound in NA motor. I decided after running a supercharged LS2 for probably five or six years. I feel like you had that thing supercharged forever. It was, it got done in 2015. And I just built the... Really? So it really wasn't... Well, I guess... Yeah, it was yeah, almost, almost 10 years, just shy yeah. of two years of the supercharging. And we did all the hard lines very meticulously, powder coat everything, mm -hmm. painted the whole supercharger black. It was a beautiful looking install when it was done. And I probably ran that combo till at least 2019, maybe 2020. Yeah, so it was only about five years, I guess. Yeah. Because yeah, you bought it in 10, did the restoration, had the other motors and different yeah. generation or, you know, whatever variations in there i guess and then super I've, I've got i feel like that thing was supercharged the whole time it seemed it wasn't very long it was in a you know yeah um but it was it was fun and um i used to always call that thing dr jekyll mr hyde with the supercharger because i had electric dumps on it mm -hmm. and you close them things and it would just scream like a hooker getting beat with their own high heel when you stomped it but then you open the dumps and just sound like a nasty drag car I yeah mean, it was just two extremely different cars yeah, and I loved the fact that, well, I still remember that. What I'm picturing in my head every time I think of your car is that burnout at the birthday cruise. I don't remember where the hell it was. If it was in, I don't know if it was in Greenwood or if it one was. One where the rubber flew off the back tire. Uh, no, it was the one where you, I just, I think Justin recorded it and posted it on Facebook in the group or whatever, but you could just hear, you were a block away. You could oh. he hear the supercharger just. <laughs> screaming and then yep. you kind of set sideways just a little bit mm -hmm. and you just sat there and wow john forced yeah. it down the road and then the neighbor guy in his ford f-150 goes you guys are fucking tearing up our roads <laughs> oh yeah we pay taxes for these roads and you dumb motherfuckers uh, are out here tearing up our roads i forgot about that that was yeah there were so many birthday cruise burnouts i can't keep them all straight mm -hmm. one of my favorites is one that lynn benzing posted where I'm across the street from the bar, and I, I rev it a few times, and I hear somebody say, Ben, I'm just going to do a burnout. People start walking out of the bar, mm -hmm. and I just nailed it. And you can instantly see about two seconds in, this chunk of rubber flies off the tire. Didn't know at the time, you know, but when I got home, I had a big patch missing from it. But I watched the video a few times. You can just see it go flying off, and I was like, oh, that's hard on stuff. Yeah. But it was a pretty badass burnout. So. Well, that, that thing was definitely... Uh definitely a burnout monster how much boost were you running on that thing it was only five or six pounds was it It wasn't much it was probably pushing oh 575 maybe mm -hmm. with with the four tens i had in it though it would just ignite them tires you know yeah um the car was frame off it had a troll bolt in the rear i had richmond four tens in it i put a c-clip eliminators in it and um Speaking of C-clip eliminators, because I'm in the process of doing mm -hmm. a 12 bolt, I'm going to get rid of that 10 bolt in mine finally. Really nice. And uh, what did you go with for eliminators? Did you put Mosiers? Did you did, are those the big aluminum guys mm -hmm. that are in there? You never had any issues with the them leaking or ones, anything? Yeah, RTVM when you put them on, and I never had. A lot of guys used to bitch about them leaking, but the new age mm -hmm. ones now have sealed bearings, double sealed bearings, and everything. And so it was never a problem. Not an okay. And those C-clip eliminators allowed me to overpressed the bearings for the axles about a quarter of an inch and i sunk the wheels in further it allowed me to run those 275 60s without rubbing in my car too they were super close on that chevelle mm -hmm. it was a really mean look on wheels and tires you know 
I ended up having to make some custom brackets for the, uh, it pushed the rotors in a quarter inch, so I had to have my buddy machine me some custom brackets for the aerospace brakes to bring the calipers in a quarter Just inch Just a little bit, too. yeah. Yeah, but it worked out pretty well. Um, so I, it's kind of a funny story with that car. I've been talking about putting it on Bring a Trailer for two months, and those whack jobs over there, I paid the 100 bucks to get on their site, mm-hmm. and I waited around for six weeks. You get an email saying, hey, in the next week or two, we're going to contact you about getting your your auction active. You know, send pictures, send this, send that, send information. Is it just because they're so buried and backed up, or are they just... I have no fucking clue. No. They're whack jobs to me. I, I, I waited six weeks, never got the car on. And this guy stopped by to do a window well job for me. I had a window well that was caving in, an egress window, you mm-hmm. know. And he looks over my shop, and he says, hey, what do you got in the toy box over there? I said, well, I've got some stuff. Let's go check it out. You know, we walked inside, and he goes, you got to be fucking shitting me you have this blue chevelle that's yours oh he figured out who you were based on the car he's, oh he goes he goes i love this car i've seen this thing for 10 years around town you know and yeah. i said well thanks appreciate it. you know and he goes man this thing is sweet you know and we looked it all over and i said well i said you know it's supposed to be going on bring a trailer.com here in the next week or two according to their emails you know and he goes really i got a friend that'll buy this thing and of course big eye roll on my oh, yeah, everybody's okay. he goes, got a friend and send yeah. to him? i said go ahead all you want you know and, well, long story short, less than 36 hours later, the guy brought me a brick of cash and took the car home. <laughs> that was the end of it, you know? It just... Uh, it's it's really crazy the way that stuff works out, because you don't ever... Mm-hmm. Like, the one... You know, oh, yeah, the, the guy that's, you know, replacing the window well, yeah, I bet I bet he knows somebody that's going to Yeah, yeah, I'm car, sure his friend yeah. will come to find out. He gave him the name of his friend the night he was talking about, and I actually Facebook stalked him a little bit, and I started realizing this mm-hmm. guy's buying planes, this guy's buying Corvettes, Vipers. I was like, he actually might be legit, you know? Yeah. He came over the next night, and we looked all over the car, you know, and we're all kind of BSing, and we cracked a beer and started sipping on a beer, you know, we're just kind of hanging out in the shop, and nothing was even said about buying the car for like two hours straight. Yeah. And so about that point in time, I was like, well, this is just kind of a waste of time. He's not going to buy a thing. He's a cool guy. You know, fun to talk to, you know? Yeah. And pretty soon the guy that had introduced us drags a stool up to the bench and goes, all right, gentlemen, we're going to quit fucking around. We're going to start, we're going to sell a car. Really? That guy? Is and that? I, I was like, okay, this is going down, you know? That's cr- crazy. Cause I, about a month ago, the neighbor guy, um, he, is doing a lot of car transports and stuff or whatever. He's like, yeah, I'm moving, uh, a 66 Chevelle, 67 Chevelle, uh, a Camaro and a Corvair or something. I don't remember what it was, you know, Patrick, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, you can correct me on that or whatever. And he just, I was weed whacking or something in the front yard and he stopped by and we bullshit it for a little while. And he's like, yeah, I've been going back and forth all day and I'm going to go back and forth all day tomorrow from council bluffs or somewhere in Iowa or whatever. And he was shipping cars and he's like, Oh, you know, this, you ever heard, you know, this guy's who I'm doing it for. You know him, oh. right? And I go, I have no idea who this guy... Oh, well, he said he lived out by Hickman or mm. whatever. And I go, oh, yeah, Dode had a guy that was big into cars or whatever. That must mm. be him because they're both kind of initial names or something. Yeah, and yeah so, PJ, yep. Yeah, so I don't know if I say names or whatever. Yeah. Well, Dode's friend was BJ. And so when I heard PJ, I just assumed that's what he said was BJ. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah what, you know, Dode knows him or whatever, blah, blah. And he's like... And he's like, no, that's not him. It's this guy or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. So no. I think that he might have, Patrick might have been the one that picked up your car. I don't know. The red trailer? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he hauled it off. Was it a different guy that hauled it off? No, he's the extra guy that bought it. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay, so maybe maybe the, he used his trailer or maybe uh, 
Yeah, it was it was strange. It, like I'd never even heard of the guy, and but he's done so many, mm-hmm. so much in the car world, and none of my friends have heard of him. He just kind of keeps low key. Yeah, you know. But it was kind of funny. I took the brick of cash, and I photoshopped out the band, so you couldn't tell what I got out of it. You know, I got between zero and a hundred thousand for the car. Cats, watch everybody. And but I put the brick <laughs> of cash on the lift and sent my buddy a picture. I said, it "Sure, takes up a lot less room than that Chevelle did." Yeah. So, I'd like to fill my garage up with uh, yeah. that, th- those things well, instead of the Chevelle. But it's almost, it's like I told my wife when it left, I was holding this money. I was like, so my car just left and I have this instead of a, a car. I'm like, this just almost seems like an equal trade-off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, that's one thing about cash is, you know, 10 grand is this thick. So. Yeah, it's, I don't know. That's, that had to be hard. Well, I, I love the car. The car was nice. And. The thing is, is it, I tell everybody, I had, I had a dream a couple months ago, okay, and without going into any details on it, I basically woke up like, I've got these two Studebakers, in storage. And they're both your grandpa's cars, right? The, the so I got the fifty, so I have a fifty-seven Silverhawk, which I'll, I'll talk about in a minute here, which is my next build. Okay, mm-hmm. it's gonna be something I'm like nobody around here's ever seen. Okay, it's there's none of the cars in Lincoln anyway, or Omaha that I know. Of, I don't think know. I've ever seen another Studebaker in town, maybe one. It's, but. it's very, yeah, it's a unique car. And I got that um, back in 1997. My mother passed away. My grandfather gave it to me and said, here, it's supposed to be your mom's. You can have it. So I was like, cool, you know. So for like 15 years, I took that car. There was a parade in Beatrice every year, the mm-hmm. Homestead Days Parade. Grandpa went it every year. So every year I would get that car out, detail it, clean it, you know, wipe it all down, and then take it to that parade. And that was about it, because I had a lot of stuff going on. I had the Chevelle. I had, you know, just things going on. So I put it back in storage. So, and then I had the, when he passed away in 2018, the family was going to sell his 62 GT Hawk. Mm-hmm. And he loved that car. Hands down, his favorite car ever, you know. So when that thing was going to be for sale, I told my wife, I said, you know, we don't need our car. Okay, we, we really don't. But this car can't leave the family. And yeah. nobody else's family wants it, so I'm going to buy it. So I bought it. They both went to storage. I've got a storage deal with a buddy of mine in town here, and it's it's free. I did a bunch of work for him, so it's just free. So it really never bothered me anything, you know. Hey, can I but, do some work for that guy? I need some yeah, more room. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, there, I know there's two stalls going to be open soon. Um, so anyway, so I had this dream, whatever. A couple months ago, I woke up and I just kind of felt like a like a kind of like a turd because I had both these suitcases in storage and doing nothing with them. You know, they were my grandfather's legacy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I told my wife that day, I said, the Chevelle's going to go. She said, really? I said, yeah. The Chevelle's God, that's going to go. Like, I, I can only imagine, because mm-hmm. since you guys have been together, that's you've had that car the whole time. Yeah. And, and she took it way harder than I did. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, she, I, think, I think I took it way harder yeah, than Yeah, I think did. a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah. like, you sold that thing? I said, yeah, you know. Um, I've already got a paint job lined up for the 57. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 57 Silverhawk. It's got 289 V8. It's got a flight-o-matic transmission in it, oddball cast iron automatic with reverse at the bottom. It's a very strange setup. Grandpa threw it in reverse more times than I can count in parades, thinking he was going into low and <laughs> lock it up going down the street, you know. Um, it's, a, it's a super cool car. It always got more attention than my Chevelle even did. That's one mm-hmm. thing I was just when I drove it, you know, and especially the Widows. They love it, you know the old cougars and stuff they're like oh i remember those cars you know but it's 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 gonna be on a a brand new chassis i'm gonna take the chassis out from the car and throw it away mm-hmm. um i work for speedway motors we're gonna put a g comp front end underneath the front of it 
We're going to do a triangulated four link in the rear. We're going to slam the car down. It's going to be on ride techs, shock waves all the way around. Um, twin turbo LS. I'm going to call the car the Studebaker Twin Hawk. That's going to be my name for it. You know, um, the Chevelle was kind of dubbed Old Blue. You know, mm-hmm. so you always got to have some kind of a name for these things. Yep. Um, so that's the next build coming up. I'm pretty much going to throw away three fourths of the car and. Just start it, basically a body. Keep the body. Are you going to keep the interior and everything as much as you can on it, or is it going to be? Keep the material from the interior, and I'm going to use it on some of the new. My my vision for the cars, I like to have one of them consoles that flows from the front to the back, mm-hmm. like a lot of these cool cars do. Um, it needs bucket seats in the front. It's got the ridiculously got a... uncomfortable bench seat in it. Yeah, that sits about like this. So it's very good in your lumbar. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to go away, but I'm going to take all the material off it. And then I'm gonna build a custom console for it. Um, the steer, well, the steering right now is awful. The steering wheel is about this big, so you, you're turning like this, you know, about 17 times. Mm-hmm. Power steering on it right now, or yeah, just manual? manual. So you got strong. you got the big big wheel to yeah. help with the leverage. Right there. down to your shorts. Your, 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 yeah, yeah. It's um, it was it was quite a piece of car in its time. The Studebakers were, you know, they were they were kind of the uh, what do you want to call it the the black ball of, of their era, they're all swooped back and aerodynamic, you know, compared mm-hmm. to the 57 Chevys and the, and the Fords and stuff, you know. They definitely have a unique look, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how to do Like, some of them, you know, it's like a, a first-gen Honda uh, CRX. It's so ugly, it's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, and some yeah. of them are like, what the hell were they thinking? Because it is so mismatched almost yes like they had mm-hmm. they had somebody designing the front end and they had another person designing the back end and then they yeah. just stuck it together and, and they didn't talk they're yeah. just like, yep. they're mm-hmm. like yeah. i got the front end it's going to be perfect mm-hmm. you get that back end dialed in we're just going to stick it together in the middle it's going to be awesome <laughs> yeah. it's like a picture of the bridge edges that don't line up you yeah that's basically what those cars look like mm-hmm. so it's quite undertaking it's going to be probably a two-year project minimum you know, I've got kids now. I can't do anything in eight months anymore. Obviously, you know well, did, what what did, babies do in age. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't do. I can't what thrash I, like that anymore. I can't yeah. do what I did when I put the with a broken arm or wrist and elbow and LS mm-hmm. swap it and shave a firewall and do all that yeah. stuff and shit. I don't even. I mean, when did I pull that apart? It was probably maybe May, March, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it technically blew up the year before on the birthday cruise. But I didn't touch it. I might pulled the motor out of it. Oh yeah. But it didn't really touch anything and just started amassing parts for it. So I mean I probably did a complete shaved firewall, LS swap, did all that stuff, you know, full wiring harness on the car, all mm-hmm. new harness, all that stuff and six months tops, you know, yeah. with a broken arm. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. We're like Superman back then, aren't we? Even yeah. Ten was, years ago, it's crazy the difference and I mean it was it was literally like that week before, there was no motor in the car the week before the birthday cruise. I remember that. And I had people over here, and I, I normally work by myself, but I had people over here like Sean Tucker, which I didn't even know him, Ben. I had never met Ben before. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, technically I had met him years earlier when mm-hmm. uh, we went to look at a vehicle, but I didn't remember doing that or whatever. My dad wanted to buy a truck he had for sale. Oh, yeah. And we went down to his shop and met him to look at it in the back mm-hmm. lot and you know didn't even realize it but you know all these people are like well what do you want us to do and i'm like i don't fucking know i'm used to working alone yeah i i this they're like well somebody better make a list 
And so mm-hmm. I had to spend the, that first half of the night making a list of things to do. And uh, Sean Tucker welded my little stubs off the headers, mm-hmm. you know, with the O2 bungs in it with my flux core welder. He's like, Jesus, Mike, you got to get a fucking welder. <laughs> what the hell am I doing here? Just flux core. It's like bird shit in a can. You oh, just spray oh. it on and you're done. And for whatever reason, I don't remember what it was, the way it lined up and what we had, there was like just a giant gap. So he's in there just <laughs> filling gaps with that. <laughs> you know, we call it Uncle Phil, right? Uh, That's Uncle Phil. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he was he West was. Uncle. I used to always say, you better call Uncle Phil over there. Mm-hmm. Get that gap filled up. Yeah, well, that's just Uncle filled up. I think mm-hmm. I still kept those because I was like, oh, that's history right there. But um, You remember the 68 Camaro built back in the day? Yeah, I was actually, once you started talking about the Chevelle and doing the LS swap, that was your first LS swap, wasn't it? Back in 2009. That, you remind me of that whole thrash time. I had mm-hmm. kind of the same deal. The uh, Americruz... Back Car when, show back when Americruz was actually at, still at the State Fair Park. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a goal of getting it there Saturday morning, and like you said, I had three or four people all hanging around saying, "What can I do?" You know, oh, I said, "Well, we got motor mounts to finish, we got hard lines for rear to finish. You know, we've got mm-hmm. exhaust to put on, we've got wiring to do, and and we got that car ready to fire at five thirty in the morning." And the day of the show, the day of the show, <laughs> yeah. five thirty in the morning. And I remember I took my buddy, the last one standing, um, I just recently had a fall with him not too long ago, but he uh, he said, I'm going to go home and sleep for an hour and a half. I'll be back at seven. Let's take it for the maiden voyage, you know, which is always a scary one. Mm-hmm. What did you forget to tighten? Yeah. We he came back over, got back up, came back over by seven, seven fifteen. We backed the car out of the driveway and ran out of gas in the street. <laughs> so we had to push it back in the driveway how far and you just made it to the street or it was just enough angle that it just ran out of gas in the street because uh, the gas station was like six blocks away uh-huh and we're like oh no so we had to, we barely got to push back in the driveway jumped in my truck ran down got five gallons of gas came back you know threw it in because we had fired it a few quite a few times yeah, you burned know, up that burned gallon that, you yeah. had in there or whatever yeah the two gallons it was in her um and we fired up we drove it like Two miles up Holder Street, mm-hmm. turned around, came back, and went to the show. And I'll never forget, in that show, I had the hood opened up. I had a BBK SSI intake on it. And back then, in 09, LS swaps in Lincoln weren't weren't around much. There was a few higher-end cars that had them. But yeah, they were... I'll never forget people walking by going, wow, what, what? is it? Yeah. So many people said the exact same thing. Wow, what, what is that? So it was fun. You know, that car was so cool. It had 335... 3018s on the rear mm-hmm. it was a kind of like a mini tub car you know on air ride um that was the one that was never going to be sold and then some guy in oklahoma flashed me enough you're going to sell it to me money and uh and then you didn't have to finish it either no paint no interior yeah it was a it's sinister looking black primer air ride slam bbk actually that thing had uh, bond speed wheels on it um, it was a very, very cool car. Neat and car. If, you should send me a picture of that car, or I, I might will. have one. Or maybe yep. it's on your Facebook. I could steal it off of there. Yep, we'll get one. Um, and so basically, it's kind of why I went with like the Sudebaker. I've got 20 by 11 rear wheels for that thing ordered with a three and a half inch backspace. So it's going to have a, you know, Meat. seven and a half inch um, dish on it. Kind of going back to that Camaro look. And, and, and the Sudebaker is one that I can wholeheartedly now honestly say is never going to be sold in my lifetime because that. Got that from my grandfather. Heard that before. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of why the, the Chevelle was like, well, why should I ever sell this? I don't have time to build another one. You mm-hmm. know? 
But when it came right down to it, I was like, I've got family heirlooms that need attention. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's the ones you give to your kids. Two Mm -hmm. suit makers. I got two boys. Here you go. One's bone stock. It'll be beautiful. The other one's going to be all crazy. Let them fight for it. Let them fight for it to the death. (laughs) You know, whatever. Whoever survives can have their 57. Yeah. Um, You never know. That's why I said I had three kids. I got to build three cars. So I got the Chevelle, the truck, and the Prelude. There you go. They all progressively got cheaper to build i think i think i actually have more money in the prelude than i do in the truck the truck was the I cheapest it. build i ever did i've recently became a honda guy mike mm-hmm. actually i've always been kind of a, a closet honda guy i've had probably 10 What's, hey is this your coming out party this is my coming out party <laughs> i've probably had so my wife posted on facebook it's kind of funny that here i sold i've got a total of four uh civic hatchbacks yeah know, and i've had a prelude and I, now i got an integra I was just at the uh, import face-off in Council Bluffs, and I just sold my Chevelle. Kimmy's like, I want you to know I have nothing to do with this, guys. This is not me. It's all him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, honey. She's, she's rubbing off on you a little bit. I've probably owned 20 Hondas all my life. Mm-hmm. I, I, I you, always, you always had a daily. Like, yeah. you're, you're a good gas mileage. Get to work and back yeah. and forth to work every day. Yeah. 95 Integra right now. I've been kind of my daily driver right now. Got I've a B20 always, swap in it. Always been a big fan of the, uh, the Integras. It's got the newer nose on. It's got the 98 front end on it. And mm-hmm. so part of my deal I have right now is I've got a black hatch, 95 um, SI hatch, actually. And that was going to be my fix the rust, make it beautiful. It's going to be my daily car. Mm-hmm. Well, my buddy of mine that actually painted my wife's gray hatch, he wants that hatch. His brother went to the military. And when he left, his family sold all the stuff. One of them was his Honda Civic SI. And he came back, and he's like, what the hell is my car? They're like, well, hey. Bills had to be paid. We sold your car. So he wants to do this car for his brother. Man, that's rough. Yeah. So he said, I'll tell you what. I'll, if you give me that hatch, I'll paint your Integra, and I'll do all the work on your Studebaker, paint-wise. Paint, mm-hmm. body work, block, and all that stuff, you know. I said, you know what? you got a deal. So I've that already got a paint like job a, lined up. Seems like a good deal. It, like it a, is. A it really deal. is. Yeah. And he's a good buddy of mine. You know, it's just kind of those things where he wants to be mm-hmm. involved in the Studebaker build because he knows it's going to be – Unlike anything anybody's seen around Lincoln, as far as that odd duck build goes. It's going to be really weird when that thing's in. I want you to kind of keep it quiet. Like, I want the exhaust to be quiet on it. I want it to. It's going to be a little. turbo. It's going to naturally yeah, be quiet. So you gotta, yeah. And nobody's mm-hmm. really, it's, you know, can't hear the cam on it or anything. And then they just pull up and you're like, oh, it's just another car on big wheels. And then that thing just. <laughs> Yeah, what it's going to be completely thinking? debadged. We're going to do. Um, my buddy TJ is going to do some billet center caps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to put the um, Detroit steel smoothies on it, and he's going to do some billet center caps. They're going to have that Sudabaker S milled into them, and that'll be black. And that's about the only thing you're going to have on the wheels is for anything. So it's not going to be super flashy wheels. No, they're going to be just stock, black. stock looking wheels, but just yeah. large. Twenties. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Going to be gloss black wheels with some billet centers on them, and. Um, it's going to be completely debadged. What color are you so, going with? Or is that a surprise? Well, it's going to be... So for years, I've heard that blue. Man, that blue popped. On wow, your, that blue that smells beautiful. Yeah. I need to find a red that, that pops, pops like, that. like that. And it, I don't want to go extreme maroon. I, uh, what I would say... Oh, new Mazdas have a red. It's mm-hmm. the way the light hit, it flops so much when the light hits it it kind of goes from like a a bright bright maroon isn't the right word but mm-hmm. you know real real rich red and then it flops and it just 
looks like there's a light behind it and it just freaking you know okay, that's good to know um, um, i'm gonna be looking for like for I, suggestions so because mazda i seen that when i was driving by and you you know you know when it catches the sun different mm -hmm. when you, and it's on a curve or whatever it's like oh, okay it's just a standard maroon or you know whatever red yeah. and then you it flops in the sun and just looks like there's a light behind it like candy apple red kind yeah. of you know yep and I was like, that's pretty cool. Suburban, the new Suburbans have a red, too, that's really badass. Good. Make so, some notes. Text me. Yeah. I'll check them out because I'm mm -hmm. going to be looking for some ideas. Obviously, I'm a few years out on that that part of it, but um, Nick's super excited about helping me do the car. And the biggest thing, I think Speedway is going to possibly help me do the chassis and stuff. They got mm -hmm. some um, a few places in the country that bend tubing for, like, rectangular tubing for chassis. Oh, and okay. We're going to take some – I ordered some crash – um, diagrams with a 57 Studebaker. It gives you all the frame dimensions, okay. heights, widths, mm -hmm. body mounts. So you can make sure everything's so put everything. back in the right spot, but now yes. you can go with quality that the, the factory couldn't do, yes. obviously. Yep. And then, two by three, two by four rectangular, you know, and have God, it all high. Two by four, that's... Yeah, that's what they... That, so I talking to Art Morrison mm -hmm. about a chassis too, and they said they really recommend two by four on a streetcar. Really? That seems so, beefy. Yeah. And, and the, like I said, the factory frame is almost like a square. It's like, like a three and a half by three and a half. Great big monster. So by the time you put that two inch by four, the height is about the same yeah. as the factory, but the width is so much narrower. I can add another 50 millimeters of tire on the car. And you got places to tuck your exhaust now or mm -hmm. whatever else you got to run back there. I mean, yeah, the, the Chevelle frames probably, it's a square. It's probably mm -hmm. three and a half, three, three and a half by eh, three. Yeah. So... The studio and, and the the biggest thing about getting rid of the fifty seven frame too is that they were garbage. As I come to find out now, I, I started doing some research and like my sixty two GT Hawk has a point one eighteen or point one twenty thick frame on it, completely boxed the entire way. Mm -hmm. It's all a big tube. The fifty sevens were like the first generations, starting like in fifty two or something like that, and like a point oh eighty thick frame. You can take a hammer and a punch, knock a hole through it. You know, so you don't want to try to put seven eight hundred horse to a frame like that it's it just not going to work yeah so i figured you know is, what throw it away start fresh is that what you're hoping for with uh the twin turb skis mm -hmm. about 800 yep not going to go for anything insane like the no reason to i'm going to have drag yeah. radios on it you know it's not it i'll probably if speedway and i do some kind of collaboration then i'll end up probably playing around with the autocross track with it Oh, okay. It's, so it's, not not going for like a drag car, all out speed, going yeah. for a handling type thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When handling, you pro touring. You know, I just yeah. I want to make it a really super cool, powerful cruiser. That's the mm -hmm. main thing. You know, um, and Team Speedway is all about autocross. You know, yeah. so if I collaborate with them guys a little bit, I'll, I'll gear the car towards autocross. You know, autocross is fun stuff to do. You know, road racing things would, like that. I would like to start doing that. And the Prelude was what I was going to do this summer with it, but yeah. I, I burned up my ECU, so now I have no ability to tune it oh. and all that stuff now. And I have a really hard time justifying spending seven hundred dollars for a three hundred dollars for a. 30 some odd year old ECU and then spending another $500 mm -hmm. to put, you know, a Honda in it or something. It, yep. And so I bought the capacitor kit, you know, that replaces all the capacitors mm -hmm. in the ECU and then a soldering, a desoldering gun and soldering gun and mm -hmm. all that stuff. So I'm going to try to fix an ECU, fix the ECU and see if I can get it back. It's it, like Bigfoot riding a unicycle or something, it's but it's be, fine. It's going to look, it's going to look, 
Interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The way I looked at it was I needed a new soldering gun anyway, so I got the whole mm-hmm. setup, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Oh. And it was $10 in capacitor, so... Oh, it's a cheap try. Yeah, it's if it mm-hmm. doesn't work, then... Well, I'm going to use the soldering gun again, so it's not that yeah. big of a deal. Throw the ECU in the garbage can. Maybe mm-hmm. take the socket out, actually, now that I can desolder. So I'll take the yeah, socket, take the socket out, out, and then and I can it, put yeah. it in a new one if I want to spend $300 mm-hmm. on a fucking ECU. Which, what? that's mind-numbing to me that every... Yeah. Ugh. The preludes, why? There, there's no aftermarket for them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Trust me, I know. I've been through the haunting. I'd like to put the, that little Integra I drive. It's got a B20 swap in it. It's just mm-hmm. a bone stock ECU. It needs to be tuned. It runs okay. Yeah. But it needs to be tuned. But I'm kind of the same boat. I don't really want to send off and give somebody 700 bucks, put a socket and Hondata on it. When it rides, it runs pretty decent, you know? Mm-hmm. It just has some quirky stuff I wouldn't mind getting cleared out, so... Yeah, like right now, I have the non-VTEC ECU in there with the JDM H23 injectors in it. I had to go get, I rigged up some Mm -hmm. clips and adapters. They're just spade connectors plugged into my um, harness and then with new clips on it. So I could take it, get it to that car show I wanted to go to with it. And uh, it, it's not happy until it warms up. It'll idle once it's warmed up but man you got to just keep your foot in it and like 2500 three grand just to let the keep thing it. warm up and then when you're trying to back up with it when it's cold it's like rawr, 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 and it's oh just, yeah it's not fun to drive in mm-hmm. current state but yeah it's cam you put cams in it do them yeah thing? but the the cams i think are just stock or stockish profile for the low profile cam you know oh, the non-vtech yeah. cam so I was always hoping when I bought those, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to have a Honda that's going to freaking be camming at idle, you know, <laughs> and like, so it doesn't really cam out. It just idles like a normal Honda, unfortunately, yeah. but I don't have any, uh, the, uh, idle air control valve or any of that stuff on there either. I deleted all that. So yeah. there's a little bit of, uh, yeah, trying to get her to idle and be happy. You know, that first hatch I bought Kimmy last year had the, uh, b20 with the b16 VTEC head and it was all cammed and i mean all sorts of crap i th- i was all new to that kind of stuff that's you like know. a frankenstein motor yes and it had no uh it had no ic motor i couldn't figure out how to get the damn idle lowered in the car so i'm on the forums and guys are like hey stupid you gotta use the set screw and lower it and then mm-hmm. readjust your tune and i'm like wow so it was a. Uh, the car, it put like 205 horse down on the ground, which is pretty it's pretty good for a hatch. You know, the, the thing decent, just yeah. 9,200 RPM redline. I mean, it just screamed. Yeah. But it wasn't, like I bought it for my wife, and it wasn't fun for her to drive because it was like it was a handful. lowered it, on coilovers. It mm-hmm. bounced all the time, and then stage three clutch. So it was like a switch. The clutch was, you took off, mm-hmm. you know. So I learned my lesson there. Um, we sold on eBay, made some money on it, bought her the little gray one. Cold AC, stock clutch, stock yeah. motor, everything's all, mm-hmm. and just a nice little cruiser for it's, it now. I went with, uh, I think it's a six-puck unsprung ACT clutch. I don't know what mm. stage or whatever. That's in the prelude, and it's, I fucking hate it. That, Chattery if you try to, you know. Yeah, and that that clutch can hold 900 horsepower in the Chevelle, and it's just buttery smooth, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, it was twice as expensive, but, uh, uh, you know, it's like yeah. I... I get in that and I was like, that clutch is good. It's strong. And so I kind of, you know, go with an upgraded clutch and then it's Mm -hmm. just like, and then with it, especially when it's cold, 
trying to drive it. It's like, yeah. you don't want to run I, anyway. And then I don't gotta... have enough feet. So I'm like using the e-brake to try to <laughs> yeah. stop or slow down. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, so, sidestepping and stuff, trying to keep the mm-hmm. brake and the gas going. Yeah. So funny. it's, you know, it's always downshifting and then, you know, slowing down and blurp it a little bit when mm-hmm. I start hitting the brake and let it come back down and be happy. But, oh man, <laughs> I've got a few other random projects going on in the shop too. Right now I got a, a guy bought a, uh, 85 blazer off that square body auction out in grand island mm-hmm. um actually i got two guys that bought ironically enough blazers off that auction um one guy got a hold of me and he wanted to put a he wants an ls swap in it so we've been kind of talking back and forth right now it's hard to get crate motors that's what he wants it's a brand new crate engine you know mm-hmm. and then, um so he's kind of on a holding pattern trying to figure out what he wants to do the other guy he wants to put a uh um blueprint 383 in his it's got the old tired 305 in it, you know, super nice blazer. Mm-hmm. But he's supposed to be coming down next month, bring that thing down. And right now, Speedway has got issues with their um, counter pickup orders. Like prepay, go pick up the counter, you know. Mm-hmm. That system got kind of messed up a few weeks ago. So he's kind of on a holding pattern there, too, waiting till that gets fixed. He wants to buy the stuff, pay for it. I'll go pick it up my truck, bring it home, mm-hmm. and he'll bring me the blazer, and then we'll go ahead and get started on that one. That should be a fun little project. Pretty simple, you know, no yeah. frills, no AC, no that stuff. He just wants the thing running. Um, Four-wheel drive, two-wheel drive? Four-wheel drive, yeah. Okay, Got a little three-inch lift, 32-inch yeah. tires on. Mm-hmm. You know, just a really clean-looking black blazer. It's the way those blazers look, look yeah. the best, I It's think. nice. Yeah. Um, the other one, the guy, he wants the LS swap in his. The other thing he's contemplating, if he can't get an LS motor soon, is putting a big block in it. Like putting like a, a crate whatever 454 or something he didn't care yeah. he's like i'll take anything you know but it, you know how it is right now supply chain is so messed up that it's just like it's so hit and miss yeah like it's the, the stuff you would never think that they would keep in stock or whatever it's mm-hmm. like no issues getting it but yeah everything else it's like really we don't have this why why don't you have this yeah and well, i guess you, that's because everybody's like the destroy the the, the uh, detroit steel wheels ordered for mm-hmm. shoe you know um basically you call now and they will call you back in September. Say, okay, this is your week to get your wheels made. This is what we have. This is what you want, correct? Yep, we'll get them made. And a week later, you have your wheels. But that's the end of September. So, yeah. So they're two months out, two and a half months out, just mm-hmm. when I called, just to get your, your spot in line. You know, And I can't order the front ones yet. Obviously, i got to get the front end under it and get all that stuff figured out. So it, it's a weird time now. It used to be you just call up, order them, and you got them two yeah, weeks, you know. I was joking with the guy at the supply house for siding and stuff on oh. the other. Well, it was it was more of a bitch than a joke, but yeah. it ended up kind of joking. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, what happened to the days when I could come in here and get what I fucking wanted? And it's not like, uh, yeah, we've got 13 pieces of siding out here in Grand Island. We got 13 pieces yeah. over here. Uh, there's another eight pieces in Florida. You can yeah. you can get them all shipped in. We can get what you need. It's going to cost you $200 shipping on all those different yeah. places. And it's like, okay, well, it's an extra $5,000 in shipping for all of these. Yeah, in it's three like, weeks, we'll have them for you, too, yeah, by the way. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to go a different route, try to figure something else out. We're going to make an accent wall on the outside of the guy's house. <laughs> yeah. Blue gonna, siding, yeah. Yeah, different colors, different styles, different profiles. So, you know, it's the things things we have to do now because mm-hmm. it's crazy. I, I, have, I haven't had a huge issue with stuff as far as for my hobbies you know the cars mm-hmm. for work i've had last summer i was ready to hang okay. it up i said it ain't worth it mm-hmm. you know six months out on a garage door and they say it's going to be six weeks you know yeah. and it ends up being almost six months you know and the crazy. homeowners are going 
I don't think these people are trying to earn our business. Do I need to go down there and talk to them? I go, no, please don't. They have no, they have no reason to lie to us. Like, yeah, no. They're getting their ass chewed by every single other customer they have. Like, mm-hmm. please don't make it worse for me for my next project. Like, oh, yeah, this is a guy that sends the customers down here to chew yeah, our ass. Exactly. What so, an a-hole. Yeah. That was two separate jobs we did that both the both of the really? customers were like, do I need to go down there? Do I got to go strong on these yeah. guys? Do I need to take care of this? Clearly, you're being a bitch. I'm going to go straighten these people out. And uh, it's like, no, I just stop. One well, of them the, was a crazy lady. She the last crate nuts. engine we had in a job, it was it was purchased in January. supposed to have been here in the end of mm-hmm. March. It showed up the first week of June. It was a solid five months just to get a motor. Yeah, and what do you... Like, hey, man, you said you'd be done in freaking May or, you know, you'd be done in April. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Uh, We don't know where your motor is. Yeah, we just got the motor (laughs) two days ago, okay? We need a few more days than that, yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. It really is. Um, I think people are slowly starting to understand that there are issues with the supply chain and there is, mm -hmm. you know, they're getting it now. So it's not like it was last year and, you know, half a year before that. But, yeah, it was... uh, Interesting time. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Interesting time we live in. So. You when everything sold? Mm-hmm. When everything sold out? Yep. Mm-hmm. Everything. There's nothing left? That's yeah. Um, so you said you uh, you got a shop and you got some uh, vehicles that you're working on. What's uh, what's a shop? What's up with the shop? Baron's Auto Mods. That's just a, a side business I've had for several years. Um, looking at maybe changing it to the checkered garage is kind of what I'm looking at creating. It's kind of... I got gray and dark gray checkered flooring in the shop and we're mm. always doing interesting stuff i've got rc cars i got my son's power wheels i've got ls swaps going on and of course my own stuff you know and then mm-hmm. your average oil changes once in a while where you're just kind of cussing and banging your knuckles up you know Dang, i didn't know i could bring my car over for an oil change there you go see <laughs> uh, soon a suit baker is going to have the four post tied up for about three years so oh boy yeah, yeah. i wouldn't uh I, w- I wouldn't bank on it well the duramax is overdue you know what it's a diesel they're meant to not have the oil changed. That's true. The injectors will plug anyway. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, it's got you know. new, newish injectors in it. Newish, yeah. Newish. Two hundred thousand miles ago, I got them. No, they're probably thirty-five thousand miles ago. Maybe forty-five thousand miles. Thirty-five. Just, they're, they're brand new. That's that's pittance for a diesel. Yeah. So yeah, that the the truck I t-boned a car that ran. A red light oh, or red, a stop I heard sign. About that. Yeah, somebody said about that the other day. Yeah, finally got the uh, finally got the insurance stuff all sorted out. It'll mm-hmm. be a month on Monday. Oh, so quick. Yeah, quick. But they paid fast, so got that done and ordered all the parts to. They totaled it. It was a total loss. Your truck? Yeah. With that bumper you had on, it got totaled. That's what they said. Would you run to a tank or? It's a 2011 I mean... Camry. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking spun her, spun him around right in the street, but uh, oh jeez, yeah, and so that's gonna be the next thing for me is I gotta get that thing put back together. But I'm just gonna yeah. go back with the factory bumper because I'm not spending two thousand dollars to put a cattle guard on there. Well, yeah, no. So I, you see many cows in town? I, I mean, I haven't. I've well, seen foxes, but you know, as it got named the other day, uh, it's not a cattle guard; it's a Camry guard. <laughs> Uh, okay it didn't yeah. do that good a job guarding but you're right it, it did it, it did a really good job because yeah. if i would have hit that thing without that camry guard on there i think it would have taken out a lot more like oh, it yeah. it folded those damn 
it's sitting right out front. I got I saw all it off the other day. It bent the frame brackets of what mm -hmm. the bumper brackets it bent those over really and it smeared the little stick outs over flat and it wow. it was pretty impressive it the frame looks straight and everything on it so then it, it pushed the core support back a little bit on the driver's side but it's chevy it's like a rock yeah you know it's, it's gonna be all right <laughs> like i told Derek and jen i was like it was kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> It would kind Ooh. of be maybe maybe I should do demolition derbies because it Stop was Stop it. It Stop. was like motherfucker, motherfucker, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, and then I hit and it was like woo. And it like I didn't it, there was no yeah, impact yeah. for me. I'm a seventy seven hundred pound truck with a yeah. dump trailer behind a 3, it. Three thousand pound camera, yeah. It, yeah, and a three thousand yeah, four thousand pound a whatever. Hitting a chihuahua, yeah. You're like, this yeah, is gonna hurt his cart. No, but I didn't feel anything. Yeah, I mean I'm way I weighed two to three three mm -hmm. times four times more than the car does and so it moved i just kind of slowed down a little bit on impact oh didn't pop any bags or anything so that was good really oh, yeah. yeah i hit a i was in a nissan ultima back in 2018 and i had a lady in a uh, she had a camry or something some four-door sedan just did the old pull out right in front of me i'm mm -hmm. on superior going 40 miles an hour oh I, yeah i remember that t-boned her directly on her driver's door i mean so that's the worst you can get at just and that was the hardest hit i felt i've been in a few wrecks and that was almost like it tried to stop my car of course because it hit the same weight mm -hmm. dead on its side yeah so it was stopped essentially it yeah. was horrible yeah yeah i we smashed that thing i can't believe how well I, that ultima took a hit it didn't even bend the frame rail i mean really I, I took the bumper fender hood all that crap off me and my son did and i had him taking things off the impact wrench and that thing took it so well. Bra, bra, bra. Yeah, I got a big check for it. Bought some cheap aftermarket parts. Mm -hmm. Had a guy paint them real fast for me through. But I think for a thousand bucks, I had the car look back in one piece, you know. Yeah. And drove it for two more years. So anyway, it's a little plug for Nissan Altimas. They can take a hit. Yeah. It. Well, uh, yeah, it was rough. Twenty-five hundred HDs with a camera guard mm -hmm. on it. They can take a licking. Yeah, I didn't have a cattle guard in mine. I should have put a cattle guard yeah. on my Altima. Gosh, damn it. That would have would have yeah. saved the day, but learn something new every day. <laughs> I just picture an Ultima now with that cattle guard that weighs <laughs> probably half the weight of yeah, the Ultima. just dragging on the ground yeah, as you're driving. Just, yeah. yeah, that's one way to squat it, you know. But I'm never gonna get hurt in a wreck, though. No, and I that reinforced the fact that I want to be in a heavier vehicle mm -hmm. anytime I get in an accident again. Oh yeah. So yeah. But when the, I did get hit in a, uh, oh, RAV4, it was a RAV4 that hit me in the truck, or maybe it was a pilot. I don't remember. One of those, kind of that size. Why do all little bitch cars run to your truck? Dude, I understand it's it. Fun. They're just, just <laughs> got a target on it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But it hit me right in the driver's side, like front bumper wheel well area mm -hmm. and didn't do, it broke my Pittman arm or cracked it. Oh, I remember it, that. Yeah. And I had fucked up the fender. And mm -hmm. that was it. And it totaled their car. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the cattle guards. Yeah. I, I want to be in a bigger car, but that was a harder hit. Me, them just, you know, we weren't even going fast at that first mm -hmm. hit. It was, you know, five, 10 miles an hour. That actually jogged me and like jumped me over more than oh. me just straight on through hitting a Smashing Camry them, yeah. in the rear wheel quarter panel area and spinning it around 180 degrees. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, it just didn't. But I guess I was a freight train, too, at that point. I had my truck with the trailer on the back, too. Oh, geez. Yeah, so, you had the trailer pushing you. Mm -hmm. 
So there was nothing slowing down, you know, like it was, I was on the brakes as hard as I could, you know, and it was like, yep. You just going through. Yeah. It was not stopping. Green light. Ran a, ran a stop sign on Leighton coming into Leighton. Oh really? Yeah. That's how they end up in front of you like that. Mm -hmm. Jeez. And it was, if he would have been going five miles an hour faster, I'd probably just peeled his back bumper cover Mm -hmm. off and it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. I'm our slower. He would have died. Whatever, yeah. you know. So it just it worked out well. It was in the passenger side, so he would have oh, been all okay. right. But yeah, it was the stupid progressive lady, and I talked about this on the last one, so I don't need to go down the, yeah. down the rabbit hole. But she she said, "Well, looks to me like your truck's drivable. Just drive it like that." That's how she said it to me, and I was like, "Wow." Uh, Excuse me. That the tire goes flat every day. I got to fill it up one to two times a day, and the radiator is leaking now. Is that drivable? It looks drivable. Just drive it. The headlights are pointing to the sky on one of them. <laughs> and then she, oh. wouldn't, she wouldn't call me back. So fuck progressive. You know, when I was 15 years old, I was heading to Lincoln from Beatrice. That was back when they were building the four lane. Mm-hmm. I was 77, you know, a couple of years ago. And I was Shoot. in a Datsun 210 four-door. Okay. okay. Two chicks in the front seat. I'm in the back seat. We're going to head like to Best Buy or something. Come up and get some CDs or something cool. You know, who knows what tapes back down. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're heading up. Eight tracks. It was raining. And I remember we come over kind of a hill and the new highway was way up high up here. They had kind of, because they kind of straightened it as they built a new one. Mm-hmm. So you are down low on this two lane blacktop. Come over this hill. And I never forget the, the eerie sound of silence of the tires just skidding on wet pavement. Shit, bald tires too, you know, starving 16-year-old, couldn't put new tires in a car. And I remember I was in the back seat, not paying no attention, look out the window, and I hear that and I hear it go, ah! And I look up and I saw a Chevy truck. All the cars were stopped on the highway. They had one of those stop signs that would stop you, you know? Oh, for like construction or whatever. attention, they're gabbing away. I remember ducking behind the back seat of the passenger side of that thing, and we hit the back of a Chevy truck, probably 50 miles an hour. No exaggeration. Jesus. It was just yeah. the worst crunch, smash. <laughs> and I remember, you know, long story short, everybody was fine. You know, I smashed the ashtray with my head in the back of the seat. And I remember mm-hmm. when you first smashed and everything kind of stopped, I remember looking at the door handle trying to figure out what to do with it. I was like, rattled your head a little bit. And you're like, oh, hey, if yeah. you pull that, you know, I got out of the car and I remember pulling the driver's side, um, got the driver out and she, and she was like, panicking because she thought she killed everybody you know went to the passenger side we opened the door drug the dead bodies out she fell out like she was dead literally yeah oh no and then the driver her name was melinda she starts freaking oh i killed her you know and we happened to run into an emt's wife in front of us the lady was like a a nurse whatever you know so she's like just hang on you know she's oh she's fine you know she's Mm -hmm. alive blah and it was the first case of somebody being in shock i've ever seen in my life the, the the gal woke up and she was blood all over her face, you know, because I shoved her right into the windshield. Thank goodness she was a nice cushion for me, so I didn't get hurt. You know? <laughs> and and she's like, "What happened to my face?" You know, we're like, "Well, we we're in a car wreck," you know. And she's like, "Oh, did I hit the windshield?" And we're like, "Yeah, hit, it's all smashed. Look, mm-hmm. somebody died in it," you know. And we're like, "Yeah, so it's like 20 minutes straight. She had no idea what happened. She couldn't remember. She asked us like over and over and over yeah. the same questions, mm-hmm. you know." And you're just like getting ready to punch her and try to get her back to come back to yeah. life, you know? Maybe if I hit her in the head real yeah, hard again, she'll so come again, back. Yeah, maybe I hit her in the back of her head, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I never forget when she came to, it was just the craziest thing I've ever seen. She just started recreating the accident, you know? Freaking out, screaming, bawling. It was just oh, crazy. Yeah, when, all the emotions she that she hadn't that. had for the last 20 minutes or yes. whatever. Yeah. It was, uh, and I'll never forget that the, the cops were interviewing us, right? 
and they got me and Linda and this other gals and they, I can't remember her name. Anyway, Heather, I think we're all sitting there. And he's like, okay, so what happened while we're going, you know? And he's like, so how fast are you going? And I was like, oh, probably 55, 60. She's like, 50, 50. He's like, what'd you say, young man? I was like, 50, I guess. Apparently the speed limit was only 50 then, you know? Yeah. So, and I know I, we're going like faster than that, you know, but. 16 year old kids, they don't go the speed limit. Yeah. yeah. Nope. I'm like, no. I, yeah, we're going about 50, I think, officer, anyway. Yeah. So, speaking of wrecks, that was a, uh, that was a good, that was a, uh, that was a good one we had. Yeah, that, I don't want to be in that. I've only been mm -hmm. in a handful of wrecks, and they've all been pretty It smashed pretty that simple. car to the windshield. I've never seen anything mm -hmm. uh, in a wreck I've been in for a long time, so. I, uh, I seen one on the, I'm on a couple prelude groups on Facebook. I wonder if I'll be able to find it. Uh, this just happened couple days ago and it was i think in arizona or whatever um uh, there's no way i'm gonna be able to find it but yeah it was lowered enough so it went under the guardrail when it hit it oh peeled the hood back i don't know if there was a hood on it there was no mm -hmm. hood in the picture anymore and peeled the roof back and so the dash was peeled back in the the flat spot on the car would have been like pushed back to like where your chest would be if you were sitting in the seat mm-hmm and dude walked away with minor scrapes. Really? Yeah. It's not his time. Yeah. You see some insane. of that stuff, you're like, yep, it's that, not it was your like, time. There's no fucking way. I was like, they're dead. There's no way. Somebody, it peeled the interior. You could see the dash and the steering wheel and everything. It was all just wow. peeled back and smashed off. That's crazy. Firm believer. And when it's your time, it, either it's an airplane falling out of the sky or a, there was a guy that died from a tree branch, came through his sunroof. His no, the, he had, the chimney fell on him. The tree branch hit the chimney, the brick yeah, chimney, and, and it cru it fell through and crushed him. Yeah, it's one of those things where you know what? That's the craziest story. But guess what? Click. Yeah, how, that how was your that, time. How Sorry, how does that happen? Like, mm -hmm. you, how do you go? Final destination. You know. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. well, oh, what happened? How did he die? Heart attack? No, we lost a small tree, tree branch yeah. and knocked the chimney over and crushed him in the sunroom. He was enjoying his. Because that happens every day. Yeah. yeah. Join his tea in the afternoon in the sunroom, and uh, he's no longer with us. Speaking of preludes, you remember that time you, uh, I got, well, it's actually it was the black prelude now. My, my prelude I have now, it was oh. red back then. Oh, wow. I didn't, and I, I just didn't got realize it was the same car, I guess. Yeah, yeah. just got it running. And My uh, first nitrous hit, Mike. Thank you very much. I'd never been a nitrous well, hit with that car. All right, no, so let me rephrase that. That was a different car. I was going back to the uh, the time you welded my tried to weld my engine up that had cracked in the water jacket and it was spraying coolant out of it. Ah, yeah, that was a red car. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever had nitrous on this car. Which one did you have nitrous on? We went out and took it. And... That was my black one. That was the first one I had. The original one. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. did you still first nitrous hit ever in a nitrous and drag cylinder? Yep. Nitrous and drag radials was pretty fucking fun. Yeah, that yeah, was a good time. 4,000 RPM, eh, 3,500, three grand on the street with drag radials, dump the clutch as soon as mm -hmm. it starts going in first gear. Spray it, yep. Yeah. I remember that. That thing was fun. It was fun. It was fun. That's what got me hooked on it, and now I'm a, now I'm a partial Honda guy. I apologize for getting you into that, too. It was just, I planted it, that seed in the back it, of yes, your head. Yes, it, it just started sprouting lately, but. Yeah. Um, no, I remember that wasn't a real good, uh, it wasn't a real clean weld. Well, we didn't drain it. I don't think we drained any of the coolant out of it. No. And I think I was torching it while you were trying to weld it, trying to keep we the heat We were heating out. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it kept dropping water. Yeah, I remember that was a... 
20-something-year-olds idiots trying to trying to weld an engine block. It's, I was like, I just need it to last. I just got to, <laughs> it's, it's what I'm driving to work right now. So I just need it to get uh, back and forth to work. Or mm-hmm. I don't know why I was, well, I was cheap ass. I didn't, I didn't have another motor for it. So I was like, mm-hmm. I think we can fix it. Jeff's got a welder. He can, he's got a welder. He can weld. He he can, if the welder can weld, right? Yeah. I mean, if it's got, if it can weld, it can weld. So yep. I don't see an issue. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't remember if it held, I think it held long enough for it to get a rod knock and that motor came out anyway. I think it lasted. I remember it worked. We, yeah. we got it plugged up. The holes are plugged up anyway, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, I don't know. It wasn't pretty. I don't know how it split. It was right in the front, right across the front. I think we pulled the header off that night and it was just, just a crack a right across, the, crack por- right across mm-hmm. the front in the water jacket. I don't know if it was in a front end collision and that motor mount buckled it or if it had water in it, probably froze. My guess would be froze. I bet froze. it probably froze. That's yeah. what I'm guessing, yeah. So it was... Just... Too much water, not enough antifreeze. Mm-hmm. It, it did come out of Colorado. Well, actually, no, let me rephrase that. That motor was not the motor that was in the car. That was my backup motor and i have no idea where i got that storming out damn wow you got your windows up in your car no let's go make sure those are up probably go check that yeah it let's sounds do that. like it's getting ready to... <clears throat> let's see here i remember changing out a fuel pump with eric he'd appreciate that story when i was so messed up from the gas fumes that the, the stool was just going sideways and going back like this as i was oh, your eyeballs were just jerking out of it, your head yes it was uh in the middle of winter, shop was all closed up. We decided to do a fuel pump job. So we were What was that on? A blazer. A garbage ass three hundred R blazer. Eric had bought. a blazer? Yes. I don't short lived. I this must have been before I knew him. Uh, it he bought it, the spider injection was garbage on it. Mm, and we just thought, we thought yeah. it was the fuel pump. We decided to put a fuel pump in it. Still wouldn't start. He immediately sold it to Kevin Broughton for three hundred bucks the next day. Kevin had it running a day later. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of an interesting. Um, yeah, you're bringing up Kevin, you know, and I said, I've been in, I've been in manual transmissions, but uh, Brielle is going to a birthday party. <laughs> Feed that kid, for God's sake. Little Ethiopian looking thing. Jesus, Mike. Yeah, he's an albino Ethiopian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but uh, yeah, I, Kevin's rebuilt all my transmissions in the Chevelle or the T56. Anyway, he's he's been through them. Yep. Well, twice now, I guess. Every time I took it out, well, I had the T56 with behind the 283 for a while. Oh yeah. And then so when I did the T56 swap, I think fourth gear was grinding a little bit, so I was mm-hmm. like, just go through it. I don't want to put it in with the grind. Oh yeah. And the fourth gear still kind of kind of wonky. Big. It, well, it hasn't been for a long time, but like that's the one that if I don't get that the clutch fully pushed in, you know, before I grab a hold of it, yeah. you know, it, it it barks, it bites a little bit, you know. Oh, oh yeah. So. Yep. Gauge your teeth might be just a little bit. Yeah, I fucked it up probably once, and you know, trying to power shift it or something, which I don't know, fucking power shifting into fourth gear, but sometimes on the highway I fucking do. Fucking Travis usually has yeah. something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Car is scary as fuck in the top of third gear and going into fourth gear it is scary it scares the fuck out of me the front end starts coming up so it starts getting a little darty yeah and then there's a vibration in the drivetrain somewhere that is violent begging to explode yeah it grows with speed (laughs) so it's perfect you know top is second gear most of third gear it's fine no issues Mm -hmm. but man you get into the top of third gear and yeah fourth gear and it's 
starts growing violently. So it's going to need a drive shaft. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't need to be going that fast, probably. No. 100, 100 mile an hour. That's what you saw when I cut off from the Chevelle. Mm-hmm. It shifted out of third gear at 100 miles an hour. Fuck, dude, I'm doing 100 miles an hour at top of second gear is 90, 90 miles an hour, 89, 90 miles an hour. Is it really? So, yeah, if we're going into third gear and topping third gear out and going, I don't know how fast I'm going. Zach doesn't think I was going as that fast, but I feel like I was doing like a buck 30, buck 40. Probably. I I put four tens in mine, and that kind of really tamed it down as far as like. That's what that has. You got four tens, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But with that T56, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me with the gear ratio and the RPMs and all that stuff and the rear end gears. I feel like my gear should be shorter, but those T56 is, you know, mm-hmm. first, second, second gears. Well, not that long, but I mean, you yeah. get going pretty fast. Second gears long more than you'd think. Really. Yeah. I mean, for being gearing like that, mm-hmm. it's like. like... When, I, when I was talking to Zach and a couple other people and telling them about the 12 bolt, they're like, well, what are you going to do for gears in it? And I go, four tens, four elevens, whatever, mm-hmm. going right back with it. They're like, geez, don't you want I'm like, I that thing in well, if you got six speed, you're fine. In sixth gear going mm-hmm. cruising down the highway, you know, in fifteen hundred RPM. We're not recording, are we? Yeah. Oh you're in okay. I, didn't yeah, know I, I never actually... quit recording. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. You just take all the stuff we need and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. We just it'll get all get whacked up and chopped down. So Yeah. You said whacked up and chopped down. Whacked up, whacked off, cut whacked down. Off, cut around, chopped yeah. up. So, yeah, especially with a six speed with that point six eight overdrive or whatever, mm-hmm. you can have four fifty sixes and still cruise on the highway. That was when I had the that when I did the um, C clip limiters and stuff, and it was kind of funny. That, that was the ironic part about I was putting the new brakes on, so you got to pull the rear cover off my Chevelle, mm-hmm. and then you had to pull the axles out to put the brakes on. And I never forget, my wife and son were at the workbench playing around with some Lego stuff, you know, and. I had my drain pan up there, and I drained everything out of the Chevelle's 12-bolt. And I took a rag, and I was just going to wipe out all the goodies out of the bottom of it and get it all cleaned out and dried out, you know. And I wipe with the rag, and something goes thump. And even my wife turns around, and she goes, what was that? That's not I said, that didn't sound that. right. A tooth, an entire tooth off of my ring gear had broken off of it. Never knew it. Don't know what had happened. Didn't make any noise. I feel like one tooth, you're you're asking for trouble eventually at some point, yeah. but you're it, it's enough engagement that you can miss it. A good launch on yeah. that one tooth would have been pretty explosive, I think. <laughs> yeah. And so I got, Zing. how about that tooth not sticking to the gear loop and going through your pinion, you know? I, or getting, falling off and getting, mm-hmm. if it, I guess it probably would have broke off in the front, you know, it, good chance it could have fell back, got tossed up, gotten the spider gears or something. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, what are the I, odds of... That was, I've never seen that before. That was pretty interesting when I saw that. Yeah, um, the wiping the goodies out. That's a good way to put it. Cause yep, just, <laughs> I was wiping the goods out. <laughs> oh, wow. That's Thunk. a lot more shit in there than I think yep. should be. And I don't think there's yep. supposed to be all these metal shavings in that. Was, yeah, that's, that's like oil. That was uh, when the the LS1, you know, finally figured out that we had some bearing issues when I drained the oil out of it. So, you just remind me, and her story is kind of funny. Okay. Um, they they took a junkyard five three at Speedway, mm-hmm. and they put twin turbos on it. They sent over to the engine shop, and because you guys have an engine shop there at Speedway too, yeah, so two you guys dinos, can do engine shop, two dynos, do all the machine work and everything. They, well, I mean, they built seven hundred horse, nine thousand RPM sprint car motors. That's what they live, mm. eat, and breathe. You know, and they do a lot of street car stuff. It makes too. a lot of sense, yeah, because mm-hmm. they're doing the circle track stuff. And this time of year, of course, you can't get anything done. 
no, because they're, they're so busy with racing stuff. You well, know, I'm sure shit blows up every weekend, and so yes. they're buried. Get back by Monday, you know. So uh, Team Speedway has a little clout, though. So they took this LS motor, sent over there. All they did was clean the thing up, repainted it. They pulled the rotating assembly, gapped the rings for boost, and put it back together. Did they actually have to gap the rings? They gapped the rings for boost and left all the bearing stock, everything. And they mm-hmm. put ARP bolts in it, good head bolts, good rod bolts, all kinds of They put of stuff, rod you know? bolts in without, did they not machine the... Uh... I don't know any of the details. Don't okay. ask me any of that shit. Because uh, that that's, that's the big taboo <laughs> I, thing, rod bolts and then putting it back together. That. I have too. I've done it and got away with it, and I've also heard you're not supposed to do it. But anyway... I mean, my motor last... I did, I did the ARP rod bolts mm-hmm. in mine, and it lasted five years of you know really nice you know pure sun, sunday church driving yeah yeah, you yeah. Know? so I, i'm not sure any of the details all i know was all i did was they, they did kind of a like a hot rod did a, mm-hmm. a ls engine test years ago they, they gapped the rings put it back together and that's kind of essentially just what they did find they the just, weak links of everything they like, just wanted to make the motor look pretty they're going to put twin turbos on it 15 16 pounds of booth nothing crazy you know and get it going basically well they sent it over to the engine shop engine shop guys aren't real big turbo guys they're good engine builders. Yeah. Put it on the dyno, get it fired up. Long story short, something with the weight skates, this and that. Uh-oh. They made almost a thousand horse, twenty eight pounds of boost in that motor. <laughs> and of course, the guy that had sent over there was like, "Whoa, are you serious?" He gave him the dyno sheet. He's like, "This thing made almost a thousand horsepower with the stock bearings." <laughs> well, that was the week before LS Fest. Oh, and, and it was probably supposed to go into something for LS Fest. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so they got it in. They they, they got in the car. And went and road, road coursed it for two days, right? Got all done, sent the car back to Lincoln, or they pulled the hole out the first time. And they're like, yep, it shouldn't be metallic. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be pretty glittery, you know? So they didn't, hurt the bearings with that pole, but other than that. Didn't didn't knock it, didn't the spin rod, one. The rod, didn't break a rod. Just didn't... clearanced it. So... <sighs> he didn't recommend it, but he said... We we proved it that just like Hot Rod did years ago, you can make a thousand. Do you, do you follow any three. sloppy mechanics and Matt Hopple and all that stuff? I don't. I don't. Follow, I'm so busy. I don't watch much TV and that. Yeah, kind of stuff. it's uh, well. Make sure I've heard the, of them. Obviously, the, the one the one thing you want to watch is FTP uh, or Full Throttle Performance uh, Speed mm-hmm. Shop on YouTube. You want to make sure you're definitely hitting the notification bell on that of one. Of course. Um, but. Uh, it's been a handful of years ago, but like, you know, he was kind of going through and he was cranking it up, stock bottom end, stock this, that, reusing mm-hmm. head gaskets, reusing head bolts, finding the limits of each, you know, so at a thousand horsepower, we're lifting heads because we're running out of fuel. So it's the fuel injector. No, we're changing injectors yeah. now. Oh, no, it's the fuel lines or the fuel pump, you know, finding at which stage each one of the limits are. So, you know, okay, so if you want to make it to a thousand horsepower, you have to do this, 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 and this. But everything else is fine from the factory. So mm-hmm. it's really cool to see how much those motors can handle. It's pretty crazy. It's insane. Yeah. It is. And how much you can gain from just opening motors up uh, uh, with HP tuners, you know, and turning the PE table on on those six liters and picking up, what is it, 75 horsepower or something like that? Yeah. Just Not by... giving it a minute delay and yeah, waiting until 5,000 RPM. Yeah, 5,500 actually... 5, RPM, one minute delay in uh, over 90% throttle or whatever it is. Yeah, and it's, it's like, okay, so this will never happen until never you're happens, in sixth basically. gear at 140 <laughs> miles an hour and it's got the yep. rev limit or the... the 
governor's already shutting it down anyway. So if you're in the mountains, floored, pulling a trailer, you're going to finally find it. Yeah. I don't even know if you would. Maybe. Because <laughs> you're never going to be over five. Yeah, I guess. Maybe if you're going yeah. up a mountain, you are at five grand. The motor's like, kill me. Yeah. Kill me now. Why are you doing this to Give me? Give me some fucking fuel. Yeah. yeah and it goes, that made a big difference on the wife's Suburban. Um, oh, yeah. It was sketchy pulling out on, on the highway or, you know, merging on the interstate. Yeah. It's like, come on, girl, let's go. Get going. Let's What's go. going? Where are you going? You're like slapping it in the ass and yeah. it's not moving. And all of a sudden, you know, now it, it's still a five, three and a heavy ass vehicle. So it's yeah. sluggish, but it actually get out of its own way now. Stock 200 pound converter too. So mm-hmm. they just don't rev quick, you know? No, they're, well, the, with all the gadgets and electronics and the transmissions, mm-hmm. all that shit there and the drive by wire, all that's there to torque management they call it that's mm-hmm. to keep transmissions alive exactly you know let's go ahead and uh, every time it's going to shift let's go ahead and go 50 percent throttle and then you can go right back on full throttle mm-hmm. but it's it's to keep that hard hit on the transmission keep the transmissions alive i remember playing with that with my chevelle's first motor it was at ls2 it had a cam in it comp cam and it had the 4l70 in it out of a trailblazer ss that was the first combo i had and that was my first playing around with torque management 4L70. What is a 4L70? Is six speed? No, no. It's a. It's a four. So you have a 60, 65, and a 70. All they are is beefed up versions of a 4L60. They oh, put okay. more planetary gears. They put more roller sprags, a lot kind of stuff. Oh, it to so make it's them. behind the SS, so they gave yeah, you a little the more. Yeah, the weight. Those yeah. things are so heavy, you know, so they had over 400 horse and a bunch more weight than the car, so they end up with a 4L70. Mm-hmm. Um, and most guys that build 4L60s, they make them essentially a 4L70 is what they do, you know. Gotcha. But I remember playing around them tables, and I was out there tinkering around on a closed course, of course. and uh, In Mexico. In Mexico. <laughs> And I remember hearing that thing with the dumps open, you would just hear it. You could hear the torque management with the exhaust open. It would shut off the motor momentarily. And then the unburnt fuel would ignite the second thing would shift oh. and go. Ba-boom! 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 You know, just a slight pop. Mm-hmm. Slowly backing that off until finally it was just boom, boom, boom. And then the next day you went to Corey and said, hey... Fried this transmission. Way, yeah, can, can you build this? <laughs> yeah, I never, when I when I put the supercharger on, I remember taking the 4070 to him and I said, "Hey, I need to have you freshen this thing, and you know, clutches all that kind of good stuff." So I'm gonna put a supercharger on. He said, "Okay, that's cool. You can put that on Craigslist. Oh, go find a 4080 because <laughs> I'm not touching that 4070." I was like, "Okay, touche." Yeah, that's it's, what happened. it's basically the uh, the TH350 and the TH400, basically, but electronic controlled and obviously another gear and all that stuff. Yeah. But it's it's the difference between the, the 400 and the 350. Yeah, yep, the new age versions of them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so uh, what's your thoughts about... Um, so you know I can't finish anything, right? Still haven't tuned the Chevelle. Um, still... <laughs> Have issues with the prelude, but now I'm on a new project, Twin Snail Mail. Did you see the uh, mail truck out there? Yeah. Uh, so that's gonna be Twin Turbo. Really? Twin Snail Mail, because it's twin a mail sna- truck. Nice. Yep. Snail Mail. It's twin mm. Snail Mail. Um, yeah. So that's gonna be that, and uh, I have a TH350 right now that just I have. It's probably all stock. It's mm-hmm. pro- probably gonna shit the bed immediately. So I don't know what I'm gonna do for transmission and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. We're in the infancy stage. We took the body off the frame, and the frame's mm-hmm. over there, and trying to figure out how I'm gonna lower it. Oh yeah. I wanted to be a cheap ass and go with just. I took all the leafs out, so it's just a mono leaf now, mm-hmm. and 
try to get it low that way with an airbag, you know, to sure. give me my drivability. But everybody I talk to is like, no, you're fucking stupid. Just do a four link or do it, you know, triangulate it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Get, do something so that it actually can. Buy a Speedway kit. You're going to fucking hate. Four link yeah, kits you're going to hate yourself for doing that because once mm-hmm. it's all put together, it's going to be shit. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you're probably right, but I mean, do I really want to spend that extra, you know, $500? I probably should. Well, the good just thing be is, done with it. what's it going to weigh? 1,500 pounds and you're done? Uh, it's actually pretty heavy, I think. It's all steel. Is it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not aluminum, so. Oh, the whole body steel on thing. Yeah. Really? Okay. I assume those are all aluminum, I guess. It's a, all... it's a six, I believe it's a 65 Jeep chassis. Oh. So, mm-hmm. um, it's. I don't know. It's so ugly. It's like the CRX. It's so ugly. It's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool to, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I and it had an inline four, plus I believe in there, and I don't know how I'm going to get a six liter stuffed in that so fucking small. Pintuple the horsepower rating, or ten ten times over, whatever you call it. Yeah, ten up. I have to ask my five year old what that term is for ten times. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, it's funny too. Like my kids when they were that age they could they knew how to count to 10 in english spanish and german and you ask them how to count in german and they're like well i don't fucking know why, why would i even know that <laughs> because they forgot it already yeah oh yeah but daycare taught them that stuff but My. so yeah i want to i want to do that that's the next thing i'm talking to brandon brandon's going to cut me some uh notches for the frame and i think i'm gonna oh. go with the mustang two front end on it yeah um an air ride so it sits it's got to sit body on the ground yeah and uh yeah i mean maybe make it have i keep saying 700 or 800 horsepower and i don't know yeah. it's pretty reasonable yeah i think i will probably i think i'm gonna go with uh what gt35s turbos oh, yeah. on that so it's not they're gonna be huge turbos go vs racing we started carrying those at Speedway. They're actually a pretty good economic. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things I've, about them. And there was I did price comparisons. I forget. Was it? They've got a sixty-six, seventy-two, or something. I believe we carry now. We added a bunch more of them here. Yeah, it was like sixty-eight, seventy-two, or something like that. Is what I was looking at. Um, and then I got on VSs, and they're not. It's it's kind of and the turbos are so new to me. Like it's so confusing. Like yeah. with the ARs and the the, the different sizes of the housings and the yep. impellers and things like that so it's a always screw shit up yeah and it's like well automatically i want to go okay i want one of that i want one i can fist and i want another one i can fist yep but can i get the 90s <laughs> yeah like, yeah if you want to spool it at seven thousand rpm you can go ahead and get those and know? so i think i want to go with a couple smaller guys that can yeah. uh come alive pretty fast yeah yep 66 68s Keep around a point seven five AR, point yeah. AR, something like that. Keep the AR low, spool quick, you know. Um, don't get carried away with it. A lot of guys get too carried away, get too big of turbos, get over a one oh AR, and then you're just you you're just not building the right thing. Yeah, no, I don't I don't want like I said, I'm not I don't need to be doing hundred and forty miles an hour. I don't need to be especially in that thing. In a mail truck, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh you were so gonna die. I want that thing to be block to block you know, stoplight to stoplight, you know, I want it to go, you know, I want it to do that. Not, I don't need to go. Yeah. You know, or it comes on 
300 remember, miles an hour. I remember watching the old Pro Charger cars way back in the day, or the ones that are using the blow-through turbos back in the late 90s. They'd sit the line at Scribner for like literally 10 seconds spooling. <laughs> the light's been green for five seconds, but I'm just still trying to get it spooled up mm-hmm. all the way. Tur- turbo technology has gotten insane. Yeah. Insane. It's phenomenal. And like I was talking to Corey, um, I was probably a year ago, two years ago at the birthday cruise or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and he was going on the Rocky mountain race week in his truck, which I think he's, did he sell that? Uh, no, Jade? he, 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 or... was, he had it for sale for a while. Okay. I think he's going to go down. He together. sold the Nova. That's yeah, what it was. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, see, he started the ball rolling. He stole the Nova. So I realized I can let the Chevelle go. It's okay. Life will move on. Yeah. But he replaced it with what a firebird, I think. Camaro. Camaro. So he's building their uh, drag car, 68 Camaro. Yep. So, but anyways, I'm talking to him. He's like, yeah, I mean, that supercharger is freaking, it's nice, man. It's just boom. But it's hard on everything. Can't dial it in. You know, if it's mm-hmm. hot conditions or whatever, there's no way to back it off and scale it off because I can go, you know, and oh, yeah. bring my boost on slower. And just, it's crazy the fact that you can literally make it leave like a dog to catch traction the and then slowly insane, bleed yeah. in the horsepower. And then all of a sudden you're at a thousand horsepower by the time you're eighth mile and you're just fucking yeah. freight training. Yep. And me, I'm like, I'm at 2000 RPM and I punch it and I'm at fucking, you know, 500 horsepower, 600 yeah. horsepower. And it's all she's got, you know, yep. and it's just there instantaneous, which is super fun They're for a street car. They're great for burnouts. Super fun for a street car. Yeah, that's what I loved about the Chevelle Supercharger. It was just, mm-hmm. they're burnout machines. You mash the gas, it's instant torque. Yeah. But then you're there. That That's what you got. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Jackson, what's your favorite part about the Supercharger? Head sticks to the seat. Oh, yeah. Kai used to always say, I like to make smoke. Mm-hmm. Can we make smoke, Dad? Yeah. Okay. The kids, they all get in there, and I floor it, and they're going, ah, do it again, do it again, do it again. Mm-hmm. Ah, do it again. <laughs> oh. There's a video Kimmy posted on Facebook years ago when I first got the supercharger done, and I had to stab it off a green light, and it was so funny. I took off, and you just hear it. And I let off, and she goes, Wow. Now <laughs> <laughs> the same video with hung out my buddy driving same thing cruise with me i did the same thing note and he just goes wow it's an asian thing <laughs> yeah it's an asian thing <laughs> must be yeah they uh i don't know man that i love i love the supercharger i think that part of me wants to do take that drivetrain out and just throw it in the winnebago for like a weekend just to fuck around and find out we, can you stop, please? We don't need to do burnouts in a motorhome. We don't need to do burnouts. We need to do a wheelie. Well, okay. So I got to say, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now you're Load back on board. Load some weight in the back of it. Yeah. Put some weight bars in the bumper and let's go mm-hmm. do some wheelies in the Winnebago. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty fun seeing Sky in a motorhome. Yeah. And it, it pissed me off because I had this idea for about two years now. And uh, I think it was Justin Neal I told him about it or whatever. I was bullshitting with him one night and. He's like, dude, freaking Finnegan and uh, uh, Freiburger are doing wheelies in a Winnebago, a camper right now. I was like, motherfucker, they beat me to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think they made some weird mid-engine whatever. And yeah. What, yeah. But. Did you see the um, LS swap lawnmower? 
Mm. I'm on LS Swap's page on Facebook, and a guy just got a lawnmower put together. It's it was like a like a riding lawnmower. Riding lawnmower. It's got an LS motor. You know, it's it's been stretched, but it still looks like a lawnmower. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. I've seen the LS go kart. That's had, insane. Like, had like a five three sitting right behind his back. That's just like just a, a yeah a, a chain drive a chain going off the flywheel. That's, a, that's like a suicide <laughs> yeah. machine. Yeah, yeah. That chain whips off, cuts your arm off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't say I don't want to build one, but yeah, it's kind of a suicide machine. <sighs> God, I wish I had. I wish I had uh, infinite resources or time or energy, because. My yeah. mind is just constantly like just spinning mm-hmm. all the time, and I see something, and I go, "Ooh, ah, uh, squirrel, do that. ooh, yeah, ooh, that'd mm-hmm. be fun, yeah." Like you know, I got a got an LS uh, mock up block, mock up block that uh, borrowed from Zach to uh, do the mock up on the uh, twin snail mail, mail. truck, yep. yeah, because that's the aluminum block I can lift up and manage the the LS1 it's yeah. not too bad but that with heads on it is a hell of a lot easier to carry oh, around oh it is I got the same one at home they're, yeah. they're, they are so handy mm-hmm. and and they work yeah headers you can put everything on them you know they're pretty sweet yeah. um, Speedway's actually making a new one now it's gonna be made out of all broke flat plate steel and I think it only weighs 40 pounds maybe or something but all the critical dimensions are there and instead of being a big solid block it, it just keeps all the critical dimensions with broke steel hmm. and inserts for your bolts and stuff um it's a new product came out this year it's going to be super cool so it's basically just a hollow mm-hmm. piece of sheet metal basically probably yeah. some webbing or whatever with inside thread inserts it. and stuff yeah. to, to put your huh. heads on and your manifolds and all that stuff you know it's going to be a pretty cool piece that's cool yep so I need to definitely talk to you a little bit uh, about, you know, when we're done with this, we'll turn the lights on and go over there and look at the, the snail mail frame and do all that stuff yeah. and go over some stuff. Absolutely. It's got a Dana 44 in it from Is the it factory. Really? So it's I, the same thing as Studebaker's got. So I feel like that's a fairly decent rear end, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, I think it's going to be able to handle what I need it to do. It will. With the short wheelbase and everything, mm-hmm. I think it'll be fine. So... My 57 actually has a Dana 44 with a Detroit locker in it from the factory. Really? When you turn the corner, if you nail the gas, it'll give you the old chirps around the corner. Mm-hmm. And then it, if you just go nice and easy, it just smooths on around it. So So is it, yeah, the Detroit locker, is that the one that... It's the all or none. Yeah. You either got to be in all in and mm-hmm. you're sliding a corner or you're just pussyfooting it around it. Yeah. Yep. I Combine bet. that with the Ford Flatomatic that things got in. It's a pretty interesting piece. Yeah, so Studebaker was one of the things that was, uh, they built a body, basically, and then they picked and chosen what drivetrain, what transmission, what engine, or did sort they have of. a contract with Ford on that stuff? For, or, like, because obviously, like, Dana 44 is going to be, like, you know, more of like a Chrysler type rear end, I would say. Yeah, you know? they, it took shit from everything, basically. The kind of like the AMC. So like the 289 motor and the Studebakers, that's actually, quote unquote, their own design, but it was actually based off a Cadillac V8. Oh, really? A bigger Cadillac V8. Uh, Studebaker tamed it back down to a 289, and it was basically a big, fat, heavy iron pig that didn't have much power. So they kind of screwed up making it. It, it looks like a Pontiac motor. It's super wide. Oh. And your spark plugs point straight out. Manifolds point straight down. Big, wide intake, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they use a Ford bolt pattern. Four and a half, Dana rear end on those things, you know. The transmissions were Fords. Um, 
it the the flat max a, a weird transmission because you you pull it into drive and it acts like a two speed glide. It only shifts one time and that's it. it. Starts out in second gear. Or if you're sitting in a stoplight, you can click it in. It has park reverse neutral, drive low. Okay. And it's actually so it's like it is like a drive it is like a power reverse. glide basically because power glide was you know drive or low right. Yeah. Well, but it has three gears. If you put it into drive. It starts out in second, shifts one time to drive. If you're sitting in a light stopped, mm-hmm. you click it into low, and you feel the thing actually downshift. Like yeah. dunk. It's in, so you can put it low, and it makes a really crazy second gear scratch out of low into drive. It's kind of fun to do. But you can just floor the shit out of it and hit drive, and it'll just <laughs> the tires, and then it shifts again. So it's a three-speed, Yeah. but it like defaults to a two-speed two speed most for... all the time. Yeah. Was that for fuel economy or just ease of driving? I can't imagine fuel economy was something they had no, back then. No, probably just simplicity. You know, it starts out in second just fine, so just take off and roll. Yeah. But if you're going to go up a super steep hill or whatever you need it. Doing, oh, okay. So it's kind of like, low, like, it's in the like mountains an overdrive, but backwards. So yeah. like when you don't need it. It's like a but lower drive. It, yeah. It's like an underdrive. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Over and under. Mm-hmm. So, um,. Well, Jeff, we've been at this for a little bit here. Yeah. Got anything, you had me. got anything you want to cover? I think anything, we... uh, anything we forgot to talk about. I always, this is the worst part about it because we get here, we mm-hmm. start shooting the shit for about 45 minutes, yeah. an hour beforehand. And I'm like, Oh, we should have saved that for the pod. Well, <laughs> I know we get all the good story time out right beforehand. And so I'm like, Oh, did we forget to talk about anything? I know Dan Benzing would love me to remind him of the story when we put a lift kit on his truck in oh, my yeah. shop. Hey, Dan, if you're still listening at this point, don't forget yeah. to like, share, and subscribe. Absolutely. And, and he'll get a gig live. We, we put a lift kit on his truck. It was like a, I don't know, seven-inch lift kit or something on this 2005 crew cab. And we came to the grim realization that my shop had a main door coming out and had a middle door. Mm. And the truck drove through the middle door just fine, and which was an inch and a half taller than the main door coming out. <laughs> the truck wouldn't fit back out of the garage so we basically had to flatten his tires to drive the truck out of the shop yeah that's right because mm-hmm. your other shop started out two uh, stall as a two stall garage and mm-hmm. then you added another basically the same garage on the back side of that and, garage yep yeah so you had like a two stall that like was 20 by deep. 44 yeah it was a and little... you had garage doors between each mm-hmm. one of them so this was like the one you could park in for your daily drivers and then this yep. one was heated and ac'd and you could work on all the stuff that's where you built that camaro in. yeah that was the yeah, that's where the chevelle was built there mostly too wasn't yeah, it actually yeah the whole thing top yeah. to bottom and uh yeah so that was kind of a uh he's backing out the truck and i'm watching i'm watching and i'm ah, like oh ah, no ah, <laughs> stop 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 you're not gonna clear the roof so for about 30 minutes and all the tires you got it out we still get a giggle out to this day <laughs> you remember that time we put a lift kit on it wouldn't fit out of the fucking garage that was brilliant uh eric was when eric was eric and mike hartshorn were on um telling the story about i think when they lowered to 57 mm-hmm. and i forget what it was they couldn't get the it was so low when they were done, they couldn't get the tires back on, so they had to raise it back up, put the tires on, and then lower it again. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine. There's yeah. some stories with Eric that uh, involve... What happened to that guy? I mean, he used to be into cars. He used to be doing stuff, and now he's just like a... Eric who? Who are we talking about again? 
Oh, oh that's right, my cousin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I They're the only Eric I would ever use the name Eric on. Mm-hmm. You know, if I say Eric, everybody knows I'm talking Baby about. Baby D her. or Eric. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. We uh I did a fuel pump with him one time in the shop in the wintertime. And it was obviously wintertime. It was freezing out. We had the doors all shut up and lots and lots and lots and lots of gas fumes in the garage. Mm-hmm. And I never forget one point in time after about how many shots we had done of Captain Morgan and sniffing gas fumes for three hours and listening to him cuss and curse and yell and scream with this fuel pump. I remember staring at a stool and the stool was actually going like 30 degrees this way and then back. I realized it was my eyes doing that. Your eyes are just twitching out of your head. I said, we got to open the doors, man. Yeah. Was- uh, old school time. It probably would have been, well, I don't know when, what year would that have been, I guess. I'm trying to think because Higley. Oh, two, oh, three. So it would have been around the same time that Higley was doing his uh, Mustang, Mustang build. Mustang. And, and uh, we were, I showed up or whatever there, and Ben and, uh, oh, what the fuck? Sorry about that. Ben and, uh, damn, what that? Jim were helping him do the fuel pump. Both of them were smokers, and they've got the, the fuel tank dropped on his Fox body. Beautiful car. It's like mm-hmm. beautiful as far as foxes go. It was the cleanest one mm-hmm. I'd ever seen in my life. And they're both down there smoking cigarettes, got the fuel pump <laughs> o- or the fuel tank down, fuel opened up, and they're oh, smoking cigarettes. Geez, got a half a tank of gas in it. And they're like, no, nah, man, it's fine. It doesn't matter. You can put a cigarette out in the fuel, blah, blah, blah. And they, they showed me because they got a little cup or whatever, and they put their cigarette out. And it's the vapors. You got to worry about cigarettes don't burn hot enough to ignite the vapors. And I go... Hmm, yeah, I know, but I feel like that's one of those things where you just decide to go, it's not worth the risk. I'm going to smoke outside. Yeah, I'm going to go know, ahead. Uh, the whole melting your face off thing. Hey, guys, uh, let me bum one of your cigarettes. I'm going to go stand by the fence line because yeah. we were doing it at the storage unit there when he swapped all that stuff over. Do you remember when he tried to fire that car the first time? Yeah, I was. I think I was with you that Lance night. Lance and I. Yeah, I was with you guys. The guys and, were telling that it wouldn't start because he had to keep a, cranking. Got to build, it's compression. building compression. The motor is building compression. <laughs> you have to seat the rings by cranking the motor over so it'll build compression and start. Mm-hmm. Or you just put the fucking spark plug wires on right and adjust the valves and it fires right up. Yeah, when they told me that, I they called me and they were talking. They've been cranking it for like 45 minutes and they were just fucking yes. just cranking on it. And it's like, I think Jim was like, no, nah, it's, it's building compression. It's building compression. Oh, That's yeah. what we got to do. I, it's a brand new motor. It's got to build compression. Oh, and man. It's like, yeah, and I'm like, uh, I've never heard of that. And, you know, I, I was probably, what, maybe 20 at the time, maybe mm-hmm. 21. I don't know when it, when it was exactly. but So I was a little green, but I'd been around cars my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, like, building compression. Somebody called What's me. I don't remember one? who. Somebody called and said. Um, I was and, with you. And Lance was over at the shop that night. And yeah, I, I, I was. Go, Let's go take. Somebody's like, dude, there's something not right here, Jeff. Can you can you guys come over and just take a look at this thing? And. And like Lance, the Ford guy, and he was with me. And oh, let's go check it out. Mm-hmm. And I never forget that. We we both look at each other like, holy fuck! Everybody drop the fucking wrenches just and back stop, away. Just stop what you're doing. Slowly back walk away. This from... guy's got seven grand in this new motor. Please yeah. back away from the building compression 302. Mm-hmm. And that car ran good. That was that was a that was a strong one. You know, high 12s car back in the 90s was was moving. You know. Early 2000s, I suppose, when this was, maybe. I know, which was crazy. The thing on the dyno, uh, 
Dino Dan had to adjust the whatever, the elevation or something mm-hmm. to get it to be over 300 horsepower or whatever yeah. it was. And it was the thing on a trans brake moved pretty good. I felt yeah. it a couple times. And then me and Jeremy or Jeremy drove it. I rode with him to pick it up for his wedding because he was going to leave his wedding in his Mustang oh, or whatever. Of course. And it was only like five blocks away from the church or whatever where his house was. And for, for some reason, every time we stopped, this little red button on the shifter wouldn't let us drive until we let go That's of it. That's strange. You, know, you had to yeah. pull the gas to get it to go too. Yeah, it was like... Trans brakes are freaking cool. Oh, I got yeah. it. I, I've never had a trans brake. I probably once I build an automatic. I don't know. I'm kind of a stick guy, I guess, at heart. But yeah, trans brakes are pretty fucking cool. I Corey asked if I wanted my Chevelle that last time we put the new four lady in it, and I said, you know what, Corey? No, I the body in this thing is so gorgeous. I have no reason to be wanting this thing to four thousand and clutch dumping it. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and it would blow the tires off without a transmission. Yeah, that's he goes, true. All yeah. you're gonna do is blow the tires off anyway, Jeff. I said, you know what? Let's just let's just call it. Yeah, so, I mean, but while you're in there, you might as well. Yeah. What, What's you know, another 175 bucks or, or thousand for a four lady trans brake? But yeah, it was about thousand dollars. Oh yeah, it was, it was a grand. holy shit. Electronics have to go in there and some changes mm-hmm. about body and some things. If you want the good Probably one, a whole you don't new have to valve like body and hold the button to go in reverse and shit. You know, they have one now that. It uses all electronics to do it, so. Gotcha. But, well, Mike, I think that's that's a pretty good recap of uh, our life together. Our life <laughs> together, yes. I appreciate you having me, bud. Right? Yeah, dude, it was a blast. Good I, stuff. as always, um, I love getting together, and this is kind of like the new thing, like where I just like, mm-hmm. hey, I haven't talked to you for a while. You want to come on and we can bullshit Let's for a couple bullshit. hours in the garage and get mm-hmm. together? So it's like a really good excuse to get together with my friends. So I do enjoy yeah. it, and I appreciate you coming on. And uh, you're always welcome back. Well, hopefully I get the Studebaker project rolling, and we'll see how that thing goes. I'd like to come I'm over. Update, and updating that next time, yeah. I'd like to come over and do some video footage of it. Sure. If you'll have me. Yeah, next month it's going to start getting tore down. So Is it really? Yep. So you're, you're, getting, you're getting rolling. You're not I'm fucking around. I'm not going to fuck around. So uh, I think that what you should do tonight, immediately after this podcast, is go ahead and get uh, Checkered Garage. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Checkered Garage. Go ahead and get Checkered Garage on YouTube. Uh, yeah, that's that's on my to-do list. Uh, I would do that tonight because this will air in a month, probably. Perfect. And we don't want to give anybody the idea to steal it, so make uh, sure you get her done. Absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and uh, buy the Checkered Garage uh, domain. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, you've been hitting the head with the beer bottle hard lately? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> no, I was just buying it for you because oh, you for said, me. That's yeah, right. yeah. My like birthday's in February, so there you go. Yeah, it's, it's happy mm-hmm. birthday. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's good stuff. I appreciate it. Man. So, hey, this uh, episode is sponsored by FTPSpeedShop.com. Go there, pick up some merch, and uh, help support the channel. We really appreciate you guys and all of our supporters throughout the years. And, uh, yeah, go get some merch, help support us. I want to thank Jeff for coming on tonight. Absolutely. And it's been a blast as always, and uh, I think that's going to be a wrap. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Later. Later. Here, I'll, I'll get the overdrive full, full factory now. Okay, so you take off. I can drive it like a four-speed. Take off in first. Hit second. And then you let off. Oh, her felt a click, yeah. Oh, yeah, so it dropped down a handful of RPMs.
going third now, you're in third overdrive. It's 1300 RPM at 40 miles an hour. So it's just coasting. Then you can. Now we're still in overdrive in second right now. And you can tell because when you let off, the thing will engine brake, right? You feel it pull back a little bit. Yeah. Like right about in here somewhere, then we're going to disengage. Gonna go back to a full coast. See that? Now we're doing the full coast. So now it's like there's no drag on the motor. Yeah. Like so you could gonna, come to a we're stop. We're gonna have to try and see if it'll do that. That's yeah. crazy, cause yeah, normally it's like nah, but when you when that overdrive clicks off, it's like a free rev or like so, a. Let's just see. I've never tried it. So once you get down so low, it will, it will come back and engage. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of wild. So the overdrive definitely has. It's got a one-way spread. It catches or just three wheels. 